Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. What's up, Gypsy Gang? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today, I'm bringing you a really awesome podcast with a gentleman by the name of Denon Kemp. If you've never heard of Denon before, you might have heard of his podcast, Bloke in a Bar. Uh, It's one of the biggest sporting podcasts in Australia. I've been following it for a lot of years and I've been in contact with Denon for a bit and we've wanted to make this podcast happen for a bit. Um, But he's in Sydney. I'm on the Goldie. Turns out he was up in the Goldie this week and was using our studio uh, to do some interviews with a couple of the NRL guys. We jumped on a chance to get him on and this was a very selfish podcast for me, if I'm honest, because there's just not that many people that I know, especially in Australia, um, that are running a podcast at the level that what Denon is. He's got 12 staff, I think he said. Um, He's got a beer company, a bar that is um, built off of it. So yeah, he's just a guy that I I look up to a lot in what he does with his brand. Um, And yeah, it's just really cool to be able to talk to a guy that kind of has been through some of the stuff that I've been through. Obviously, business is business, um, but when you get a guy that's in the exact same business, he's in sport, like doing the whole thing, um, yeah, it's just not that many podcasters out there that are sort of running the kind of business that, that he's running. So this was a really cool conversation. Three hours went by way too quickly. Um, and to be honest, we just didn't even really talk about half of the stuff that I thought we would. Um, this just ended up being one of those really fun back and forward, go wherever the conversation goes kind of chats. And I'm really stoked that I could bring it to you guys. Also, you can head to gypsytales.com. That's our membership website. This podcast has been up there for over a week now. Um, so, you know, if you run run low on Gypsy Tales, if you're all caught up, then uh, that's where you need to go to get the podcast pretty much the same day as we record them. It takes us between like four days and a week to get all the video edited and the ads done and all the social media and all the stuff. So we basically bypass that whole process and just put the full shows straight on our members feed. Um, so you get them the same day if you have signed up to uh, com. That's it for me. Uh, I will just get some messages from some of our other sponsors and then we are right into this episode just going to give you an announcement of a new sponsor uh, that I actually chased down uh, to get them on the podcast and that was because I really wanted to start using their products again so to welcome Athletic Greens to the podcast now if you've been following the podcast recently you would know that we're on a massive health kick uh, as we get ready to take on World Vets at Glen Helen in November of 2023. Athletic Greens is not only an all-in-one formula that helps me just cover all my nutritional bases, uh, it's also the first healthy habit that I have uh, that starts every single day. Before my morning coffee, Uh, I get up in the morning, my partner and I mix our Athletic Greens uh, and kickstart the day with AG1. The team at Athletic Greens were so serious about their product uh, that they actually wouldn't let me do the ad read 
until I'd been on the product for about a month. Uh, and I'm really glad that that was the case because in this time, I feel like I've definitely seen some improvements. I have been struggling a little bit in the lead up to getting back on AG1 uh, and I've definitely noticed a significant increase, uh, I guess, just in the feeling of my overall gut health. Uh, as far as my partner goes, um, she has said that she's noticed a significant improvement uh, in the condition of her skin uh, and her and other females can have uh, some issues with their skin uh, as their hormones fluctuate throughout the month. At the end of the day, AG1 is packed with 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients of the highest quality that are able to offer gut health support, mood support, can affect your energy each day, and contribute to overall healthier looking hair and skin. If you're looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash gypsytales. That's athleticgreens.com slash gypsytales. Uh, now, this is not a promo code. You need to specifically follow this link, uh, and that is going to attach your free one-year supply of vitamin D and those five free travel packs. Thank you to the team at Athletic Greens. We're excited to have you on board. We are also brought to you by the team at Manscaped. And newsflash, gentlemen, Valentine's Day is almost here. And by the grace of Cupid, our friends at Manscaped are coming with the best tools to get your boys downstairs ready for the special occasion. I'd like to propose making February 13th National Shave Your Balls Day. Who's with me? Get lucky this V-Day and join the 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped the leaders in below-the-waist grooming with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use the code GYPSYGANG for 20% off plus free shipping. It's kind of funny. There's a famous story in our household of my dad giving my mum motocross boots in his size for Valentine's Day. And uh, it always resonated with me. I was like, you know what, Pete? Good call. Happy man. Uh, happy life, I guess. You know, just uh, something about giving a gift for yourself that makes you feel good so you can make your partner feel good. And I think that's kind of the same vibe here, you know. Get yourself the Manscaped kit, shave your nuts, and then you're going to make your missus happy. Um, so, look, I really think that um, I really think that there's some logic there. Now, the best way to do this would be the Platinum Package from Manscaped. It is the all-encompassing package that every guy needs in their life to make each and every day just a little more special. Not just for you, but for your missus as well. The headliner in this package is the Lawnmower 4.0. The trimmer's advanced skin safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate parts, and it even has an LED spotlight so you can shave anywhere your heart desires. Did I mention that it is waterproof as well? This package also includes a weed whacker, nose, ear, and hair trimmer to whack all the worst of your weeds. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts their shed travel bag and their anti-chafing box of briefs to keep. I've been running the travel bag uh, constantly since I've got it. And this is maybe one of the most handy parts of the kit. Uh, no platinum package is complete without the ultimate hygiene bundle to get, your to get you fresh from head to toe. This bundle includes Manscaped's premium body wash, two-in-one shampoo, body and ball deodorant, and much more. Infused with aloe vera and sea salt, Manscaped Body Wash will leave your skin feeling clean, fresh, and hydrated all day, night long. 
And don't forget, gents, no date night is complete without Manscaped's signature cologne that is guaranteed to put her in Cupid's chokehold. And you know I love a good chokehold. Your balls and lady will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code gypsygang at manscaped.com. You heard me right. That is 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the code gypsygang. Join Cupid and shoot your arrow with Manscaped this Valentine's Day. Good luck, fellas. We're also brought to you by the guys at MX Store. You can head to mxstore.com.au for all your dirt bike parts and accessories needs. These guys are the biggest in Australia by far. Biggest and best, in my personal opinion. Uh, We collectively in the Gypsy Tales office probably do about eight trips to MX Store every single week, Uh, whether it's new tires, new chain lube, uh, air filters, like you name it, grips, bars, the whole deal. Uh, So the guys at MX Store have always come in for clutch, uh, come in clutch for us. I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, they've come in clutch for you uh, at some point. If you order before 2 p.m., you get same-day shipping as well if you are not lucky enough to live close to their Burley warehouse. That's mxstore.com.au. We're also brought to you by the Glove Lord and his lords and ladies uh, that run the awesome company that is Fist Handwear. Uh, you can head to fisthandwear.com. The code Gypsy Gang is going to get you 15% off as well. I don't wear anything else, and I haven't since pretty much the day Sammy started that company. I actually did, though, at one point in Bali when I didn't take any gear, and I got blisters really bad. So, yeah, I guess I have run non-fist gloves one time in 10 years, and I hated it. Won't be doing it ever again. Fisthandwear.com. We're also brought to you by the guys at Dixon Quality. You can head to dixonquality.com.au going to get the same discount there when you type in Gypsy Gang. Uh, Look, I know we're in summer, but they've got all sorts of stuff. They've got shorts, they've got socks, they've got tees, they've got it all. Um, And Rival Inc., they also have it all when it comes to any of the aesthetic needs of your dirt bike, whether that's jersey prints, whether you need stickers for the back of your truck. Maybe you're one of those guys that puts your Instagram handle on the back of your truck. Uh, You can get them from Rivalink. But what they really specialize in is the best graphics for your dirt bike. Uh, You've seen them on all of our builds and... You know that we love the guys at Rival. You can head to rivalinkdesignco.com, use the code GYPSYGANG, and that is going to get you 15% off. We don't have a promo code for the guys at Tropical Auto Group, but if you call Kyle, he is going to hook you up if you're a member of the Gypsy Gang. If you buy a new or used vehicle off him, uh, he will be giving you not only a great deal on the car that you choose, but also a $500 gift voucher from the guys at MX Store. Kyle's a G. He's been supporting us for a really long time. Uh, We really appreciate the support uh, and they are a fantastic company to deal with. That's it from me, guys. Thank you very much. I enjoyed this podcast. This is good content. We're wasting good. This could be a clip. <laughs> like your missus like proposed to you or something. Like, oh wait, 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 good content. Did, are you sure this angle's sweet? <laughs> <laughs> are you getting are you got are you rolling on this? Uh, Literally, of that, are we rolling, Griff? Oh, I was gonna say oh, I was gonna say you're like you're little you're literally in the middle of being on the tools. Like, wait, <laughs> this is great content. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Have you yeah. heard about the internet and uh, 
what you could you <laughs> what know. you could do with these kind of videos. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, Dannon Kemp is joining us on the podcast today. He is the bloke in a bar, if you don't know, and I've been waiting for years to do this podcast. I'm very excited. We already we've it's almost like we've been doing a podcast since you got here. So we're just finally rolling now. Yep, so yep. we're not wasting any more good chat. Yep. Absolutely. It, I mean I've seen like I think we met years and years, like would have been what three or four years ago we either we either ran into each other or we I met someone that knew what you were doing and I think you know what Corey Parker when ah, he started doing something that was like yeah, what yeah, two yeah, three yeah, years yeah, ago yeah 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 and I, I think I yeah, obviously saw you, you did a thing for yeah a we were bit doing together. Gypsy and the Fox yeah yeah, yeah 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 that was cool and that, I think that's when I first got introduced to you yeah right and what's you know what else is weird is that like so I went to save your number in the phone my phone it was already there. Ah. That's weird, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've like, had I, that happen before, though. You just, I mean, are you like a charmeleon? <laughs> Did you get dressed up as a chick and go out one time? And I was blind hit on you or something. Look, it was Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> there was some, there was some fake tan. <laughs> Mate, I'm stoked to be here. Stoked to be here. It's funny uh, because you're a guy that I look up to in a lot of ways. Even though we've never met, we've mm. like been speaking and stuff. But I'm yeah. like, I'm like, man, you're like my best mate that i just don't know yet <laughs> because we're we're both in a very unique position mm. and we do a very unique job and i think that at least mentally like i can draw so many parallels mm. with your career and like what i do now mm. and in australia especially like the content world and the podcast world and like it's a pretty lonely spot in a sense like there's not that many of us that would do what we do on the scale that we do it and mm. i think you guys have got a little bit more going on on like the commercial front mm. but in terms of the position in the sport your ability to have conversations and control narratives and to uh then like i guess like the day-to-day -day of you running the business and mm. the merch and the, there's just not that many people that i could like i could explain how i'm feeling to you about any given yeah. work circumstance and yeah. i feel like you could understand in a way that not many other people could oh mate 100 percent. it's like i think as well as you i guess progress it's, do you ever look at some big companies and you're always like the same few highly skilled people are getting hired by you know they may have gone poorly at one company but then they get hired by another company and you're going what the what the hell's going on yeah there? Yeah, yeah yeah but what i'm starting to realize is is that like the further you progress the more specialized your skill set becomes. Yeah, yeah. So for example, you know, and you'd be the same, I can host a podcast. It's one of the biggest in the country, but I can also run a business. I can yeah. also create merch. Yeah. I can also create funny content on the internet. I mean, I, th I hope it's funny. Uh, I can also create a beer recipe with a brewer. Do you know what I mean? And so yeah. these are like a very wide range of skill set that usually you're quite pigeonholed and it's, it's it's okay like sometimes it's really good to hone in and yeah, specialize yeah. in in one thing but like you know a lot of ceos that are, are doing really well i'm not like a ceo or whatever I'm like, you're a girl boss come uh, on. i'm a girl boss i'm yeah. a girl boss but it, they specialize so in so many different things and that's what makes them really good at being able to run such yeah, a complex yeah, thing yeah, yeah and so like i think a lot of people even a lot of your fans listening to your podcast they'd assume that you rock in you do your podcast you cruise home <laughs> And that, that's kind of it. It's that easy. It's that Honestly. easy. It's hey, just... how to start a podcast. <laughs> Rock up, sit down, talk and leave and, and it's leave. done. That's it. But you know, you've got the generation of revenue to pay the staff, all that kind of stuff that you have to take. I mean, it's like any small business, but yeah. I think with podcasting, there is this kind of illusion of just chatting. Yeah. Um, to, in saying everything I just said, mate, 
It's best the dream. In the world. It's yeah, the yeah. fuck. We are so lucky. Yeah. And if I, you know, what frustrates me sometimes, bro, is like, you know, I've met some other people in the space, and you know, I'll always say, mate, we're so lucky, and they'll be like, oh yeah, but like, you know, I worked really hard. Like, I worked yeah, my ass yeah. off. I was like, bro, that's a prerequisite. Yeah. Like, that's, but that's everything. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. Like, yeah. what you think the single mum with three kids isn't working hard? The chick that's baking sourdough. You think she's not working hard? <laughs> it's you fucking think, hard to get it right, <laughs> mate. You're up at three a.m. in the morning. Yeah. You think the bloke you're working in the mines that has to pay child support, you think he's not working hard? Yeah. Do you really think you're working? Because I've been in above ground mines, coal terminals. There are blokes there that live in, that's all they do. That's yeah. all they do. Yeah. And so when people say, oh, I work really hard, like, yeah, okay, sweet. But everyone I, does. Everyone does. Yeah. We don't deserve a pat on the back for that. Yeah. Like, it's, of course. Yeah. We, it's, it's a privilege to do what we do. We're very lucky to do what we do. Like, again, another comparison, like, there's countries all over the world with children that work harder than us. Yeah. But yeah. we were fortunate enough to be born in this country yeah. with a certain, you know, parents or, or whatever. Um, it was crazy is like, I'm not sure about you, but I grew up with no money, but because I live in Australia, I've got opportunity. Yeah. yeah. And that's luck. That's yeah. pure luck. hundred percent, man. I think that, well, I mean, yeah, I could go on a huge rabbit hole on it goes uh, comes to this but i think luck's really all you all you have mm. in, in life and it, it literally just starts with your parents you know like i a guy on the podcast today christian craig he come mm. on and his dad was like a supercross champion like the whole deal mm. and then he just life got railroaded by drugs mm. you know and it's just like then you you go to like his life and the like that would be unlucky in that sense you know and then he made something well, for me, like I never had to face the adversity that comes along with that. That's just pure luck before you even, you know, yep. like before I even make a decision that then influences my future, you mm. know, like everyone's got such a, like a different starting point. And then yep. I think there's another thing that bridges off that too, then is like, you look at him, like he had that shit go down in his life, but he still made it. Yeah. And now like he's got, he's a super young dad with three kids and mm. he's just like the, like I watch his videos that he puts out to watch him as like a father and a, yep. the way that he raises kids. So it's like terrible luck turns into good luck for those kids. Like yep. it's literally just this cacophony yep. of luck at every stage. And it's like, if you can be like uh, present enough in the moment to just be like, God damn, like so lucky. How, how good. A hundred percent. And I, I never wanted to be one of those people that like got to the point where I'm at and don't get me wrong. I'm still extremely competitive. I extremely ambitious. Yeah. But also, there is a future for me where if I get paid enough to sit down and talk footy each week and my family is healthy, like I'm okay with that. Like I'm genuinely okay with that. It's not something where I'm like, oh no, like my life's bad. Like that's that's a win for me. That's a massive win. And I think as you get older, you kind of start to realize that. Yeah. You know, when you're younger, you, you want everything and you've got white eyes yeah, and the world's yeah, huge. And then you... Yeah. You, as you get older like Christmases instead of you know getting on the beers Christmas Eve and getting blind and sleeping in the next day for a family event instead of that you're not getting on the beers and you're waiting for the family event because you can't wait to see the family yeah um, so yeah that's the, I guess that's the headspace I'm in at the moment just re- extremely motivated yeah but very very fortunate I think that's a a very good place to be at in your life when you can be still striving Mm. but not have any of the suffering that's attached to not having what you want yeah Yeah. you know it's like it's not like you don't want things now Mm. but you can want things and not feel any ill effects as a result of it and you can still cruise and be grateful and Mm. yeah it's it that's i think that's the kind of like a dream state to be in in a sense well it's kind of like those things that you want they shouldn't fill you up 
Yeah. You know, they should just be things that you enjoy. What fills you up should be the, in my opinion anyway, and look, I'm no, no guru, like everyone has a different path and, you know, but even like I look at like billions and billionaires and that, and I'm like, yeah. how much is enough enough? Like when, yeah, yeah. when do you hit that point where you go, okay, I'll do something to stay active. Everyone needs to continue to work and all that kind of stuff. But at what point do you start going, you know, maybe I'm being a little bit greedy here. Like, <laughs> yeah, know? this is excessive. Yeah, like, look, I mean, I, I've got $200 million in the bank, you yeah. know. Maybe the rest of the $800, $800 million could... And look, I'm no like, you know, I love capital. I'm a capitalist. Like, I like capitalism. Yeah. Obviously not crony capitalism and all that kind of stuff. Like, I understand it's corrupt. Every system has corruption. I get that. But I do think capitalism is the best way to break through. Like, yeah. look, look at us. Like, you know, yeah. we, we had the opportunity because of capitalism to do what we did. But I do think that, like, you know just creating wealth just for the sake of it yeah it's almost like yeah. what are we doing here yeah what are we doing i'd be so i guess though the the wealth that you're talking about uh you kind of can't fuck that up yeah really. but like i i would be there, there'd have to be a range of money that you had in your bank account mm. maybe it's around like four or five million like maybe around like you can fuck that up like yeah. you can fully shit the bed. If you're a male from 18 to 30, you can fuck that up. Dude, to 50. Like, <laughs> e, like you can fully fuck the, yeah. fuck the pooch on that one. Yeah. So like, yeah, I, I always wonder like, what's the money? I guess that'd be fuck you money, right? Yeah. Where it's like you could own shit, you could say shit, do shit, and like people just like can't take it off you. Because yeah. that, that's there's got to be a range where like you're <sighs> balling, but you could still lose the bag. Yeah, there has to be. I wonder what that cutoff point is. I really do like it. And so, as I said, I, I think it's 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 good that you're motivated and it's really good for me like and for yourself that we're motivated in that. But I do think there has to be a means to an end. Like it can't yeah. just be like yeah. forever chasing. Like yeah. there has to be a point where you go, you know, like I've done okay and, and although money can may continue to come in, I'm no longer pursuing Yeah that for just me you yeah, know yeah whether it's helping your family whether it's you know like you hear stories like billionaires and that like won't even <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah buy, buy the kid a car yeah. um and so i think that all ties back into like you know being really motivated but also appreciating what you have because yeah. if you if you're constantly chasing then you're just it's a rat race and yeah you're just like this spinning your wheels yeah um yeah so that, that's where i'm at right now extremely lucky but as I said, pretty motivated. Yeah, I think uh, charity is a cool one there. Like, I think you could, you'd probably get to a certain point in time where you would start just wanting to help other people. Mm. Like, I know through the podcast, I've got to a level where, like, I've pretty much got everything that I wanted. Mm. Like, I had pretty low expectations. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, I was the same, dude. If I could have like a like a sick bike and like a truck to get my bike to the track and yep. like I had heaps of gear and like I just like I could like go riding and yep. d- pretty solid you know like <laughs> yep. and I got to a point doing this where I almost felt like guilty with how much stuff that I would get mm. like you add like the podcast like yours a podcast like this like anything that people like really listen to and really it's like a thing that's gone for years and it's become like a part of the culture like you yep. are with the NRL mm. then it's like when you provide value, people want to like, it's like reciprocal, even if it's not yep. cash, like whatever it is, like mm. people value you giving them yeah. value. You know? And you're sitting there going, I'm thank you for just yeah. listening. <laughs> <Yeah. bro." laughs> so you end up in like a weird position and 
and it was like okay i'm i'm good and then you start giving to other people mm. and then you start seeing the reaction and like before that it was weird like it was, i'm similar like didn't come from much and i mm. remember like just i would like not even wear shoes when i got shoes because i was like oh, i've got them i don't want to fuck them you know like <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was like but i was like that with everything yeah okay and then it's like that's not a great place to be it's sort of mm. like a zero-sum mindset yeah. but you understand where that mindset comes from mm. like you know when you put your life in context yeah but then to like get past that and then just like really give things away as much as possible mm. and then doubly again it seems like more stuff comes back to you so like i've kind of just like resigned to the fact of like i'm just gonna do as much good <laughs> as i can and i'm not gonna overthink it or mm. i'm not gonna try mm. i'm not gonna try and do good like let's keep this at a very natural level and yep. it will kind of like go at cruising altitude yeah, in a sense yep. but i think that the more wealth that you would get would give you more of an opportunity to do more good for people and dude like five hundred dollars can go a long way oh 100 like you know to to get to the point where like you could give a, a sum of money even in that sense of way like there's a charity called against malaria mm. and it's all it is is it just provides nets to kids and yeah. families in africa Seems so simple like so easy another bro. example of how lucky we are yeah yeah that's but to do to be in a position to where you could like continually do something like that you don't have to be a crazy rich person mm. to do something like that yeah and like the good that can come out of that is like quite immense Massive. you know yeah so i think yeah just to be lucky enough to be in a position where you can your job is to like provide value and then it seems to create some kind of like positivity mm. loop if you can i guess like maintain that you know mm. yeah i i've as i've gotten older i i kind of feel you know as you're growing from like 20 to 30 or 18 to 25 or whatever you're kind of finding out like what is it to be a man like yeah, what, yeah. what is it to be a man especially you know in today it has been quite convoluted you know back in the day it was probably you had a pretty good outline as to what it was being a man whereas these days it is quite convoluted but i've kind of again only 35 i'm sure when i'm 55 i'll look back when i was 35 yeah. and go mate you knew absolutely nothing so i'm aware yeah. of what i don't know yeah yeah um but i've always i feel now that a man's job is to provide for the people he loves in his community like whether it's value whether it's time whether it's experiences and that's what's so like why i think that podcasting you're so fortunate to do because not only do you get paid to do that but you are constantly providing value yeah, for your yeah. community like yeah. this is this is a community that you would be a part of yeah whether if, you had no yeah, exactly. skin in the game yeah and so that's why we're just like the luckiest people in the world because we get to do it for a job but i do it for free yeah. i mean i did it for free for ages and yeah. i'll still talk for like so it, it it's very fulfilling for me and also it, it show, opens your eyes up to i'm sure you would have it too like some something will happen you'll say something and it'll have a lot of impact in the yeah. community or whatever yeah and you'll step back and go holy like i didn't realize that this was like that like i didn't realize what i said was so important to so many people yeah um there's some responsibility in that for sure but yeah. also there's like a lot of power in that and so yeah it's as I said, I just keep going back to it. I just feel so, so lucky, bro. So yeah. lucky. I think um, one of the other things, I guess, while we're on like this sort of topic, I think that there's also like a, a switch that you kind of like have to flip if you're going to do it consistently, like over a long enough period of time. I think that you end up having to become a man of your word mm. because your word is all that you have. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's a... 
I actually think that that was probably an element I was missing in my life. And if you looked at like the trajectory of my life in detail, then you could probably like I could easily go back and fix the problems of my twenties mm. as this dude now. Yeah, know? yeah, with and, the information you have now. Yeah, and it came about through the podcast. Like I, I got on. I I started doing it in like 2017, mm. and then was like, all right, like I saw a future. I saw I saw something I, that I really could be good at. I saw something that I really enjoyed doing, and then mm. I saw a market that it could live in so then I, that instantly i was like all right don't fuck this up because it like could be good yeah. and like not fucking it up comes with like being good with your word yeah, and like yeah. really like being careful with what you yeah. say and then you know like we've this whole the, the whole fucking podcast has just been like one g up basically for yeah. five years of like we say some dumb shit on here and then yeah. in the real world we're like fuck now we need to drive to perth uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <Do> it. <laughs> yeah damn it so but it's like it's been such a great thing in my life and like for me i always talk about like meditation and reading mm. like i just i'm a heretic for it at this point and mm. it's a dead horse but like it's i really believe in it and it was like a feedback loop that got created because it was like i was talking about it from a place of like knowing this to be true and really believing it but then i'd have to like walk the talk mm. and i'd have to i'd have to get up if i'm telling people that yeah that you should really be getting up it's early in the morning and fucking like there's some re- if you're lacking if you're looking for something if you're mm. there's something you need to know or figure out like there's fucking books here like this is this medium has never changed yeah from the from the invention of a pen and yeah. paper yeah the shit's been the same there's mm. something to this you <laughs> yeah. know it works yeah and so but then on the back side of that it's just like this accountability and if mm. i say i'm gonna do something at the end of the year well fuck like you got to do something and i think that there's a it's hard to do that on the internet it's hard to put yourself out there and like not have that go the other way and have like a negative impact but i really think that there's a level of accountability uh and i guess it's made me like value just social media and the internet in Mm. a different way because like even if you're not a person that's speaking to like millions of people then you know in your own life in your own community like you can put things out there and you can like follow through with what you're saying there's mm-hmm. an there is an aspirational element to you know that well there's like a, a butterfly effect that that can have yeah for sure i got a funny story about keeping your word <laughs> it's not public for facing it was like anyway so i had a, a betting agency uh sponsor the podcast years ago yeah anyway a few one of the nrl teams like so that's a, how you bought your ferrari <laughs> <laughs> mate i wish this was this was peanuts back in the day um anyway so you had a betting agency and so there was a few boys in their all team that I won't obviously say who they were, but like they loved to punt. It wasn't crazy or anything like that. Anyway, so one of them came to me and said, oh, mate, I can see that you're with X betting agency. Like, do you reckon you could hook us up? And I was like, yeah, sweet, I'll do what I can. And I went to the guy that like got me under the betting agency and I was like, mate, um, what do you reckon? Like if the boys put in X amount, could they even bonus bets for matching or, or whatever? Anyway, he was like, yeah, yeah, all good, all good. And so I rang the boys back. I'm like yep boys you're on and so they're all whooping up you know yeah, they got yeah. a race day it's the best day ever bonus bets boys we're on Kempton's helped us out yeah. I'm sitting there going mate I'm a king I'm a king amongst men I'll just help the boys out they're gonna have the best day of their life and they're gonna thank Kempy. anyway so I get a call like the day before from the guy and he's like oh sorry mate I just spoke to my bosses and we can't oh. we can't do it and because I had already said I did <laughs> what I did was I put on a credit card all the money that would have been matched and paid it. They don't know this. They'll never know this. And put the bonus bets in their account with my own money. 
No way, dude. Yep. Just because I didn't want to be like, oh, sorry, sorry, bros, I couldn't do it. That's a good, that's a that's a fair shout. <laughs> I don't though. know if I would do it ever. It was on a credit card. I had no money at this stage. Oh. I was busted. Yeah, I was busted. And they're like, like high level boys that you like, you really don't want to go back on the, the word. I, I just, it was just not, not necessarily the high level. It's because they were in the community. Like yeah, I'm an NRL, yeah. I was, I'm an ex-NRL player. Yeah, they're yeah. NRL players. I didn't want them to be like, oh, you can't be talk shit. Like yeah, he talked yeah, it up, yeah, can get his yeah. bonus bets and that. Yeah. And then come to the thing, oh, he brushed it. So they don't, they don't know that this happened and they'll, they'll probably never, well, they'll never know. Um, but that's how much I it was like desperate to like. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't take that lesson on board. <laughs> don't don't pay it on a credit card, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just an example. It's not financial advice. It's not financial <laughs> advice. But it's an example of how important your reputation is in a community. It changes you from the door. You can spend as much money as you want, but the doors that you've opened through creating good relationships in your current community have come through purely hard work that cannot be yeah. bought. Yeah. Cannot be bought. And so it's. I I agree with you. It's really important just to have that reputation where people go nah he, he's legit like even if they like don't really like his stuff don't think he's funny whatever yeah. they'll still say but mate he's Fair a good play. bloke he's, yeah. he's, he's a decent bloke um, so I, yeah the accountability is huge bro absolutely huge yeah did, did you understand the impact or the importance of community too like you touched on the community aspect yeah. like did you have any idea going into it like how important the community side of it would be and like building the community and like even how much fun you could have in the community in a sense i it's so there's there's the bloke community and then to me there's like my personal community of like nrl players so like i still identify as an nrl player and then there's a bloke community so like i always was aware you know having grown up playing team sports like and also i just think there's this primal kind of urge for men to come together and get a job done whatever it is there's yeah, nothing yeah, better yeah whatever like you could be some army drill it could be building something together it, whatever it is it's men coming together and working something out together you, there's nothing better in my opinion like it is i mean well there are some things better but it, it, there's a you know there is a primal urge to kind of work together as men and, yeah, and conquer yeah, something yeah, and not yeah. in a negative context not don't use conquer in the negative word but in, in a positive sense conquer a challenge yeah and so i was always aware of that i i honestly if i'm being totally honest i didn't think i was shocked that a lot of people liked me so when people used to come up to me at the start i would be like awkward because i would feel like i can't believe how much you like me like yeah yeah why do you like me I'm so much i'm actually a dickhead bro yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's all, yeah. in my head i was like you know why do you like me so much it, it's weird it's strange because i don't feel i deserve to be yeah, liked yeah. so much yeah um and that may stem from like you know you know the typical got bullied when you're going up all that carry on yeah um but yeah so i i wasn't sitting there going oh I, i'm going to be the focal point of a big community and rah rah i, I was almost too embarrassed to even consider that like for example the reason why bloke blew up not the reason well yeah i think it's the reason so i was doing the interviews and they were going really well building a good solid um audience but i was the whole time before every podcast before every post i always asked myself like it's about the player it's about the player don't make it about yourself don't make it about yourself and what's really interesting is as i said it built up a good audience but the the year that i said i'm going to be myself and just like put myself out there like comedy is like I'm not some comedian or whatever, but we do a lot of comedy stuff. And it's ve- it's a very personal thing, comedy. Because like, if you put yourself out there and people are like, bro, that's not funny. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. crushes you. You're oh, dunce yeah. keys. Like, yeah, yeah. If you say a joke and everyone looks at you weird and goes, that was so bad, bro. <laughs> it smashes you in your chest. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, the year that I was like, you know what? Like, 
it, it happened two times. Okay, so when I changed from side group, played soccer till I was 17 years old. Yeah. Then I went and got scouted by rugby league because I was mucking around with some mates at school. Anyway, so I didn't know the rugby league culture at all. Like as in, I couldn't tell you the, the half the, most of the NRL players, only maybe the big, big stars. But outside of that, I couldn't tell you what it was like to be in a team. In soccer, it's like, yes, sir, no, sir. Water bottle with you everywhere. Aren't aware to wear thongs. Like very like, it's just a different culture. Anyway, so the first few years I really struggled in league because I was a very, I didn't understand banter. I didn't mm. understand like, like that bloke that is, you know, tearing you to shreds with banter actually loves he you he actually loves you and I the harder he goes the more, the he, more he likes you <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that in yeah. soccer it's just not a thing maybe it's changed but when I was coming through it wasn't and so when I came in like I wasn't sitting there going I just kept saying to, my, saying to myself if I just keep being as nice as possible eventually they're going to like me Yeah, that's what I kept saying yeah. and bizarrely like it actually it, even though I was you know nice and they were courteous to me in, in regards to they had respect for me or whatever they, I never got pulled into that inner circle because there was this war between us and it yeah. clearly was of my own making because I just didn't know how to cross that, that chasm. I didn't know how to do it. Anyway, so I got to a point where I just started to realize like I went away, I went to the Warriors um, and I came back to the Broncos and I was like, you know what? Stuff it. Like yeah. I'm just going to talk shit. I'm going to spray, spray blokes. I'm just going to, I'm just going to go head first into the banter. It got so bad that, so we used to have this thing called Keith of the Week and, yeah. and honestly, without this, I don't think I would have gone on to do a podcast. So it's Keith of the Week. So basically what it is, is like, you know, everyone listening that uh, knows footy players, they're rotten. They talk, you know, I play for the Broncos. I play for... They pretend they don't. But when they're out, everyone knows a girl that's yeah, met a yeah. footy player yeah, that says yeah. I play for... So yeah, let's just yeah. get that out there. Yeah. And so what, what would happen for Keith of the Week on a Monday video session, you would go... All right, boys. Keith of the week. Anyone got any stories? And then the boys would start dobbing each other in. Like, yeah, but, yeah. You know, I heard ex player. He was layering up, saying he scored three tries to a chick. And the boys would be like, "You fucking rotten Keith!" Oh, just spray the fuck out of him. <laughs> then someone else would be like, "Oh, I saw a dude rock up to a like one of the boys rocked up to the club in his polo." Oh. All that kind of stuff. Anyway, so it got to the point though where it was getting so ruthless that people stopped dobbing each other in because they didn't want to get dobbed in themselves. Yeah, yeah. So it was yeah. like a cold war between the boys. Like yeah. it was just like no one wanted to be the first one to go because everyone had nukes ready to fucking launch. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so it got to the point where people were like, because I had got it a few times, but like when I was being rotten, it was for the boy, like it was to G the boys up. Like, yeah. but they would pretend that it was serious. Anyway, so I got it a few times. So it got to the point where like, no one was saying anything and they'd be like can't be fucking st- we know you're rotten we know you're rotten say what you did on the weekend yeah. and so I would literally stand up and just make a story up and get Keith of the Week and they loved it and it became a, like a ritual every week no one would get Keith of the Week I'd just stand up and you know like I'd do things like oh you know you boys were out you were out playing in Suncorp Stadium mate I had three cheerleaders at the back like, <laughs> yeah. like you were out playing town yourselves up all the cheerleaders want me these are bums like just all that kind of ca- just carry on obviously yeah. all not true Yeah, and, and that opened my eyes up to be like oh you know this is how i get them to see who i am as a person yeah um and then so that was the first time and then obviously the second time was like i was you know more front-facing i was like you know what i'm just gonna put myself out there if it works it works mm. if it doesn't it doesn't and it just for some reason again it still feels like i can't believe people enjoy it that much but it just works it just yeah. somehow works dude it's it's cool too that you can because there's no longevity in not being yourself oh, unfortunately yeah. Yeah. and Dude, like just to be in the traditional media or to, you know, work at a for a news station or like, dude, can you imagine how 
like the anxiety that you'd feel about getting anxiety thinking about it bro like you just you get to do whatever the fuck you want but there's no there's no like longevity in being somebody else Mm. and like you could do the interviews and keep a button down and i agree with you like even now i still think it's all about the guests like Mm. it's 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 their show it's their experience Mm. it's you know for, for us anyway it's like we have guys come on that they've they don't tell this stuff that they talk to yeah. me about it to the normal media and it's mm. probably the same for you mm. and then to me i'm like okay well that's a that's a fair responsibility oh, like massive, you've got to do this guy like the guy today dude like broken back paralyzed on the side of the track oh, as a 20 year old kid dad had the issues that he had mm. and you get dropped from teams you making no money he goes to work a construction job he comes back to have like a whole second career mm. ends up winning a championship at 30 in the Bro, lights spoiler, class spoiler alert right now yeah yeah if you don't know <laughs> <laughs> but like wins that gets this contract gets the biggest deal and you know like he was like fox head to touch yep. you know so it's like I'm a fucking bum. Like you yeah. flip the, yeah. the script. So it's like, to me, it, it feels like a responsibility and it mm. feels like uh, always, I think that culture is something that this actually spends from, stems from like me playing footy as a kid. Mm. Like I was around, what position did you play? I was like a hooker half. Oh really? Yeah, a, battle, a little yeah. hooker battler. Yeah. Back in the day. Hey, that's like if you fans that don't listen to footy, hookers are the toughest spot in the, yeah. The field. Well, I had I went to play, I played hooker because I had to play upper grade one year. Oh really? So I was like the kid that was in the scrum yep. that had like the legs dangling yeah, and shit like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, for your listeners, that's one tough form, right? As old, old footy boy, <laughs> but uh, but that was one of the things. Like, so, dude, it's crazy. Like, my dad was actually super high up in footy up north. Mm. I grew up in Cairns, oh, okay, and yeah. um, so f- for years, man, I was like around the brothers a grade team mm. um while brad arthur was coaching player no coach way. yeah yeah so my dad was the trainer for his a grade team before he went to the storm to be the assistant yep. coach yep. and then to para but yeah so dad like when i was a kid like 12 13 14 15 16 i was like around that that squad and they were like winning every every yep. comp or whatever. And, but culture, like he always would talk about culture. Mm. And then my dad would talk about like footy culture and to to understand like the impact of culture and the importance of culture mm. within like a sport or, or a community. So I think like I've, I have that feeling of responsibility when there's somebody across from me that's like literally bled for the sport and yep. put their life on the line on multiple mm. occasions and you know like i feel like t- by t- telling their story or letting them tell their story properly it like adds to the culture mm. um and yeah so it's like there's a there is a big responsibility there but the thing is is like if you can't have the freedom to be yourself yeah. and if you can't like it's got to be an enjoyable process as well otherwise you can't do it for long enough for it to have the cultural impact mm. that you want it to have for sure and it's it, you're totally right because that so i kept that show where i interview people and and footy players and that and i created another show where it was me talking about footy and so that gave me both outlets where yeah, you know yeah. i could really just sit back and do exactly what you said i'm just here as a springboard for your story like i however i can create an environment that gets your story out there as good as possible i'll do that whereas the, like the review and preview shows that we started and all the content of me like reacting to footy players playing footy and that you know that was where i could express myself and be myself and, and everything and, and so you're right like you, when it's an interview with a guest 
you have to make it about them like it has mm. to be you, a lot of I, I sometimes i listen to podcasts they may be new or whatever and mm-hmm. and the host will be like you can tell the host is waiting to say yeah what yeah. they want to stay instead yeah. of really listening like what is he actually saying and going with him down that route yeah um yeah so it's it's and it's a lot it's a it, it takes a while to learn that, that skill set because yeah, when I, I started agree. so bad bro oh my god yeah. looking at old videos I cringe so bad <laughs> <laughs> but if it was easy there'd be a whole lot of people well yeah. I guess there are a whole lot of people <laughs> that yeah. doing it, but, but in terms of like you know having longevity and yeah. turning it turning it into a like a, a business mm. as such too you know yeah absolutely um, it's, it's, it's one of those things I like I don't like talking about the hard work of a podcast because it feels like so condescending to yeah, the people yeah. that are actually working hard yeah. and that only comes from a place of I've you know worked in those jobs as tradesmen all that kind of stuff so when it, when I talk about oh you know it's so hard to do this or whatever I sound like I'm oh, mm. mate shut up like oh how hard is it like so it's really hard to to go into it but th- there is a skill set like you sh- you need to be able to meet someone for the first time ever yeah and make them feel like they're sitting across from one of their best mates dude that's such a great way to say it. Yeah. and it's it's not easy it's not easy like little things that you know i learn over the i'm I don't, not as obvious with this but like i'll kind of i'll mimic what they're saying so if they if they're a person that says bra a lot yeah, yeah. then i'll say bra a lot yeah. or if they say mate a lot and they're quite buttoned up I'll be quite buttoned up. Yeah. You know, they may sit a certain way and you just mimic their kind of body language, the way they speak, the way they carry themselves. Like the way I speak to Cameron Smith is very different to the way I'd speak to Josh Adokar because they're very different people. And although Josh Adokar could absolutely speak to Cameron Smith, he's not going to be as comfortable like he's he's mates with Cameron Smith. But in an interview environment, if you didn't know Cameron Smith, it's it's, sometimes that world is... too far to bridge yeah um because the culture is so different and so whenever i get a different players on i'm always aware of like the kind of person they are you know what culture they're from um and yeah it's all about and again i don't like i say bra for sure i say mate as well so it's not like i'm pretending to be something yeah but you're just adapting to make them feel feel comfortable whereas you know if you're too buttoned up they'll for example if you've got a a young lad that grew up in a, a tough area um, but he's deep as deep culture as you can get. You know, he's he from might, the area. He, he's from the area. <laughs> you know, he may. If I start speaking like sitting up really straight, yeah, and speaking to yeah. him, and you know, speaking him in a language that just doesn't really resonate with him, he'll do the interview. But I don't think he's ever going to get to that point where he's like, "I'm yeah. with my people here," or "I'm yeah. with a, a person that gets me." And yeah, that, I think that's the challenge of, a, of an interview. Uh, how do you feel about? Uh I, th- I think this is something that people don't understand. I'm not, and I don't know, maybe it's just a, a way that I think about it, but mm. I think that you've got to show a level of vulnerability as well to a guest to make them feel okay mm. with like having a, a level of vulnerability. Mm. Um, and I think that that's, there's sometimes I'll like, I'll look at a, a podcast or there'll be, you know, maybe people that are, are newer to it where they'd like, they don't want to show that side of themselves. But I mm. think that, really good content and or really good interviews are when you've got someone on the other side that's like able to be as vulnerable or share like their own if someone's talking about their own insecurities then share some of your own as well so it's like you're actually making them feel it's like you're guiding the level at which they can go in a sense and that's Mm. like that could be like uncomfortable as a host because you've kind of got to dig into your own stuff too 
Oh, for sure. Like, there's been plenty of times where, you know, a player might be talking about the time he got dropped and, you know, how rattled he was. And, you know, you've got to pick your moment. Sometimes you don't need to jump in and say yeah. anything. Sometimes yeah. you can see that he's struggling a little bit. And so you just go, yeah, man, like, you know, I remember when I got dropped, I was absolutely devastated. I sat in the car and I yeah. didn't move anywhere for a few hours. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, he's just like me. Like, yeah. it's okay to feel like that, especially with men, you know. Like, we're just so... Like, I do think there is... Uh, there's a huge benefit as men to be able to control your emotions. That's what I think masculinity is about, is controlling emotions. It doesn't mean not feeling them. Yeah. It means controlling them. But I do also think we could improve a little bit on being able to go, you know what, like, like I didn't... like. And again, this is coming from a person that still struggles yeah. to, like, even little things like, I've got a business and, you know, let's say I was going to raise capital and because we want to grow. That makes me feel like, oh, I'm asking for help. Like, fuck that. Yeah, fuck yeah. Fuck that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, Which is yeah, stupid. Yeah. It's yeah. stupid. But that's how deeply it ingrained, I guess, it is in a lot of men of like, don't ask for help. You, yeah. you find out what you've got to do and you get it done, which is a good trait to have. It is a good trait to have. I'm not, don't, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Um, but making blokes feel comfortable of like, I was vulnerable here and I was down and out. And yeah, that's, it's key, I reckon. I totally agree, bro. Totally agree. Uh, did you do you think that podcasting has kind of helped the male in general? Massively. Like, I, I don't think there's probably ever been a time where men have been able to talk and have like open conversations as mm. they have been in the last like five, six years since the medium's really blown up. For sure. I think it's like the, the tough conversations. Like, I always feel like men did have the tough conversations, but it was almost a secret. Mm. You know, you remember that time, we're, you know, we're on the beers, remember, it's three in the morning. I was going to say, it's always kick-ons, bro. It's always kick-ons. It always kick-ons, comes out of know, kick-ons. And it comes out <laughs> yeah. and, you know, and you speak about it and your mate cares and you open up and, and there's no awkwardness at all. Yeah. But it's almost like we spoke about it, it's done now. Whereas I think podcasting has really opened, you're right, like opened up like you can just, just chat, just yarn like about yeah. whatever you want. And it's okay to yarn about whatever you want. Um, like... It's hard because I feel like sometimes when you go down this route, you go down the route of like, oh, you know, you need to constantly speak about your emotions. And look, don't take my advice on this, guys. Like, everyone's different. This is just my personal opinion. I do think some people need to toughen up. Like, you know, some people just need to harden up and stop using the excuse of like, oh, woe is me. But also, I do agree that, you know, some people probably do need to have a chat to someone and whatever. So, it's that weird... The truth's always somewhere in the middle, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. We're getting pushed this whole narrative of like, oh, you've got to be crying all the time about stuff and it's yeah, okay to yeah. cry. It's like, yeah. bruh, like... Yeah. Is it? Is it, is, it, is it really? Like, do it in private or something. Like, yeah, or, yeah. or do it... Don't do it on the internet. How about that? <laughs> go to your family. Go to people you love and have you cry. See and, a fucking therapist, yeah. bro. <laughs> <laughs> Just like on the internet and shit. Um, so like, you know, that's in my opinion, again, I could be totally wrong. I'm 35. I'm, I'm probably past that generation that accepts that stuff now. So I'm happy to say that I'm wrong. Um, there's got to be somewhere in the middle. Yeah. You know, there's got to be somewhere in the middle where you go. Yeah, it's okay to show your emotions, but do it to, around loved ones and not emotions, but let's say you're breaking down and you've had a, a terrible day and whatever. I think guiding people to the right places is yeah. much more useful than just saying, just crying on the internet on this pub you know what i mean like just just Uh, telling people to cry or telling people to have breakdowns it's like well where's the where's the good in that yeah let's direct people to the right places that you i'm not saying that you click your fingers and it happens yeah i'm just saying that like maybe some direction is a bit needed in that in that conversation but back to the podcast that's what i think is so good is because that because 
it isn't mainstream in the sense of it's not owned by I mean it yeah is, you know, yeah yeah it has, it's not owned by somebody it's not owned by someone so it's given men an opportunity to talk how they want to talk about things that they want to be talking about without being told well hang on a sec this is the narrative that needs to be pushed now so you're not allowed to talk about you know I think if you ever wanted to look at like an example of the shift in culture and whether you like Joe Rogan or you don't like Joe Rogan like there's anyone that is could reasonably even if you don't like Joe Rogan, you can't reasonably sit there and say a lot of the stuff he teaches is good. Like you can totally agree with his politics or whatever you think he has. Like there's so many different opinions around it. But you can't tell me that him openly talking about some of the stuff he talks about yeah, yeah. hasn't helped a lot of young men oh, around dude. the world. Like come on. Like that you get you then you become the problem. If you're gonna alienate yeah, 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 you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can't look past your own dislike with someone and realise the, the value that they're bringing you're the problem yeah dude it the rogan effect was crazy i mean it, th- there was like a and i disagree with a lot of joe rogan's stuff yeah but i still appreciate the shit out of him you know yeah and and what you see there it's funny i was watching uh last night it come up uh, on a like a next play of a yep. of a video and then it was him and louis thoreau oh, and they were yeah. talking about Scientology. it was a great episode mm. and um and seeing that probably like 38 39 or 40 something like early 40 version of him it'd have to be early 40s Mm. that's just a guy that was like trying to figure his life out (laughs) you know and he was like making some good money and he was like kind of famous in the world that he was in and he had like he wasn't globally famous in in like the way that he was now but it's just like there's just a that's the first time it was like a truman show of like watching a guy's thought process develop and evolve yeah. and like you said agree with him or not like there's dude i mean i think i started watching rogan in like 2013 yeah it's not like, like 2012 yeah. man yeah me too around that area like and like if you've watched him for any long period of time as i said like i probably i think that there's he's probably, 10 years now yeah 10 years, 10 years from when we're talking about and like so he's probably moved a little bit further away from where i am personally on, yeah, on certain I, topics um but like how you can't look at him and just say, as you said, he's just a bloke yeah, finding his way. There's yeah. no mean intent. There's no malice in his heart. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 100%. Like, like he's just a bloke trying to find his way. And so the oh, I would like, imagine if you could do research and find out how many young men. It's out of control. Would honestly say he made me go and speak to my mate about this. Or I saw, you know, I saw Rogan shedding a tear if happiness for his mate and it made me reach out to mine whatever it is yeah mate it would it'd probably be millions bro think about the dms you've got and then times that by a gazillion a jillion yeah. like a gigafuck ton yeah like he like to the point where he couldn't even acknowledge what he's got like oh. it's such a crazy yeah crazy influence and the other thing that i found that i i guess i didn't because you don't you don't like go into this thinking like in five years I'd be doing this combo in this room and yeah. it, like mm. it, you don't you just don't you mm. can't like predict that but I would have never understood why well, I guess the reasons why I think the this industry and what we do is like a good and important job is that like essentially what I do or the way I look at it and it's very similar for you like these people that you talk to and I talk to as somebody's hero yeah like legitimately their hero yeah there's never um, in a million years a chance I'll get to talk to that person for yeah. three hours. Absolutely. It's, a, it's a, such a good point. And it's like, 
that we're lacking like the the males that you would have had in your life like you were just telling me this story about your dad mm. like what a fucking g <laughs> yeah. like that's a, a mentor like that's a that's a a peak level dude mm. that is like worthy to look up to yep. and you literally talk, talk to me about him for like two minutes you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. so it's like dude amazing role model mm. amazing mentor what i've learned in doing this is that there's a lot of blokes out there that mm. don't have that in their yeah, life absolutely they have they have fucking dog shit mates yeah they have dog shit misses <laughs> and they have like their dad was a dickhead yeah you know and they're they're going through life and they've you know they got a they got a job and they got a wife and they got mm. a fucking fit like but they don't have any mentors yep. that, that are like that and you know they've got these people that they watch on the weekend or they've got for me it's like a guy like christian craig that would you know race supercross and they're looking up to him but yeah they don't have mentors in their life they've just got heroes mm. and i think that like what you do mm. is like you bridge the gap from hero to mentor yeah it's a good and point. you can actually like provide these people it's almost like this you know mentorship program mm. with these guys and it's like they've probably heard the same shit a million times from you know like self-help this or yeah. whatever but hearing it come from like a josh adokar mm. or a cameron smith it's just it hits different and yeah, like to absolutely to be the kind of guy that can like bring mentors to people and that's sort of what i, I you know you look at like rogan as well you know there's so many people that he's bought on and you just give him the opportunity to like be a mentor for a yeah. person and then like in a sense he ends up being like a mentor for those people the, think about the impact joe rogan had he made looking into science and stuff cool, cool. yeah like yeah. at school for me it was like yeah okay if we had a good teacher it would be great because he'd really get you involved or she'd really get you involved but most of the time it's like science is for people in lab coats like i don't know what what that is i don't care yeah he made it like interesting to sit there for three hours and hear <laughs> yeah. graham hancock and yeah. Randall Carson talk yeah. about the osteostrius fucking whatever 12,000 years ago all right yeah. I don't know what it is Egypt was a lost civilization whatever it is whether you believe it or not like whether you say it's pseudoscience or, or whatever and I'm, and I'm not gonna get into the more other stuff I'm just talking specifically about um, archaeology and stuff like that it is still introducing young people to discovering and exploring science like looking into like do you, tell me the amount of men and, and women including myself after i watched listen to that first graham um graham hancock is it? yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh randall carson yeah like i started googling um your beckley temple whatever yeah, the fuck, you know what i mean yeah, yeah and all of a sudden i'm down a rabbit hole looking at these monuments from thousands of years ago yeah i never would have even considered it because i was an athlete and that's all i gave a shit about at the time yeah and he did that yeah he did that and i think the the message of like accountability and yeah. you know like there's so much any any sort of i i would imagine like if i ever got to have a conversation with him i would imagine that it would be the same thing it was like like yeah life was going good and i was like doing all right but yeah. then i started this podcast and mm -hmm. it just made me live out because we've all got this character in our head that's mm. like our ideal self mm. like you lived up to it today when you went for a run you know <laughs> yeah. like that there's an easy world like yeah. there's a world second where run but just just, just no. second run yeah, for it was the day, second but run, but whatever. fucking athlete hey, no no hey let's i want to be clear i'm in the uh psychotic addicted phase that so, will only last maybe three or four more no, weeks it, no once once i'm in it it takes a long time to get out of it okay. but there was a period where i was in my sloppy mess phase so i just don't want to claim 
psychotic athlete at all times you know what i mean because I, <laughs> I i wish i could claim that yeah. but i don't have it in me there are periods where i get the ben and jerry's and i go a bit crazy uh what's your what's your flavor ben and jerry's oh well, you're not a ben and jerry's operator not are you not an ice cream man i'm just not a, just dairy oh for me my. bro oh you're not a dairy man yeah yeah, yeah. I, like it's like a kryptonite for me because i always get phlegmy after dairy. same bro but I'd do it anyway. I fucking don't give a fuck. Fucking who cares? Can't. I want to fucking eat that ice cream, bro. It's so good. Dude, when my, when my chick moved here, uh, we I'm like right in Burley. Mm. So you just walk every... It's, yeah, it's cool best. to live. Literally right heaven there. on earth. It's insane. Goggles, yeah. And uh, so she's she's moved here and then Ben and Jerry was right there. Bro, for like three months, <sighs> I ate so much fucking Ben and Jerry's. Oh, really? Dude, okay, and okay. like just getting stoned and just eating <laughs> fucking bulk. I was, I was just like, bro, you're a piece of shit. You're actually, you're actually a piece you're of actually shit. You're actually a piece of shit. <laughs> well, that's where I was. I mean, I was, yeah, I was uh, in the piece of shit phase. And so I went to Europe for six, uh, about seven weeks. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah, seeing mate, that. It was like it. I can try to tell you the impact going to Europe or around the places in the world. I can try and tell you that. You, but until you go there and you realize how insignificant and small Australia is and how much history there is out there, oh, bro. how big the world is. And is I it knew, your first time really traveling? Yeah, yeah. And so, oh, sick. Like, the thing is, I knew that the world is big. I'm not so stupid to be like, Australia's the middle of the world. Yeah, but you know. it's also, you know, the universe is big, but yeah. you don't, like, what does it mean? What you- Sweet. It might <laughs> exist if a tree falls in yeah. the woods and no one's there to yeah. see it. Did it yeah. happen? Anyway, so we went over there uh, for six, seven weeks and it was absolutely incredible. It was like a honeymoon. What countries? So we went to Spain. Oh, I went to Dubai, stopped off in Dubai, Spain, Italy, France, Switzerland, um, Amsterdam. But yeah, we traveled all, all through Do any there. weird shit in Amsterdam? No, we didn't actually. Fuck. Yeah, I know. So so I thought that when I'd get there that I would be, let's fucking go. Let's yeah. fucking go. Yeah. Let's get fucking weird. <laughs> um but when I got there, the vibe just wasn't right. The vibe's really? got to be right for me. And so I was in a love vibe because I was with the wife. Yeah. And it was a honeymoon. And she's not loose like that. She's not, I mean, she'll, we'll have fun. Like we've, you know, we've had fun before with stuff like that. But we were just in a, a love vibe. It's a love bubble. It was a love bubble. That's what it was. A love, love. Oh, I fucking good. absolutely love love. There's no <laughs> bloke that loves love more than me. Um, and so, yeah, we were just in this love vibe. I don't know. And we were like, we had, I think, three or four days there. There was just so much to see. We didn't want to be hungover. Like, and we were like, you know what? Like, okay, yeah, the raves and that are mad here. But like, I want to see like Aunt Frank's house. I want to see the beautiful, like there's so much to see. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we didn't get loose. But where else did you go? So, okay, so we went to we went to Dubai, Dubai. Madrid. Yeah, we went to San Sebastian. Yeah, uh, went to Barcelona. Yeah, then we went to um, we went to Rome. But Rome, our flights got cancelled. Rah, rah, we were only there for a night when we should have been there three nights. So I didn't get to see it. Oh, it was the one place I wanted to see. So devastated. Yeah, it's wild. You got to go back there. I know. Um, and we went from Rome to Positano. Dude, how good is Posse? Bruh. That place is fucked up. That's fucked. It's, yeah. it's fucked. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. not good, it's fucked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, you, when you go there and you actually see, you go, this is fucked. Like, Proper. <laughs> like, there should be a rating like, f- how many fucked fives out of stars? Because <laughs> it's on its own. It's like one to five and then fucked. <laughs> Just completely fucked <laughs> of its head. And, like, and you go out to like Capri, the islands, the yeah. Amalfi Coast. Yeah. Um, and so we went there and I, you know what? I think that's what got us in the the uh the real the love bug stage yeah it really got us in the slip zone you yeah know, like the slip, yeah. slipstream we got yeah, in the slipstream yeah. of love and positana put us in there oh yeah, mate. dude take me back oh my god so i i got a uh 
one of my best mates he was um my business partner in america and he uh they did really well for themselves they got married in uh in Positan. well i guess it was amalfi like that yeah, that area. Area, yeah. but so we stayed in Positano and we were on this like in like insane yeah just fucked if yeah it was fucked like when you <laughs> six when story like, like they're like what star hotel do you want to stay at you click the fuck star yeah no there's not even the star on there you have to call them and be like oi i want to get fucked i want to get fucked <laughs> you need to fuck me right now <laughs> fuck my, my credit card my- <laughs> fuck me up <laughs> but dude we like it was the, the full I don't even know how they built it. Mm. I don't even know how they built it. Yeah, it's... it's how, you don't get a car there. You mate, can't, like... I'll how the fuck what, do you get there? The the regulation bloke would have a heart attack walking there. Oh, I'll H&S. <laughs> I'll H&S. He'd fuck... He'd get really fucked. <laughs> They'd hold him down and fuck him and get, get out of here, you dog. <laughs> Dude, it was like... It was next level. We we did, like, the boat thing, circled Capri, did the lunch in Capri. We went to this place. This was actually, like, the highlight of, of the trip was there was... We were staying on the water, mm. and we, so you couldn't drive anywhere by a car. You'd have to get a boat. So we'd just have like a little tender, yeah. and we just crammed all of us in this tender. We were staying in this place for like six nights. Mm. We crammed all of us into this tender, and there was this one restaurant that we went to. It was in between. So like if you're on Positano and you're on the beach, mm. it's left. Okay. Yep, <laughs> so yep. that's... And it was in this cove next to Positano, mm. and there was one restaurant Oh, I think, I, and you can walk there, like you walk up around and you the... You could walk yep. and like go down, mm. but so we were getting the boat there and we went there two or th- two nights in a row and we just got fucking blind. <laughs> <laughs> like it was, it was amazing. Some mm. of the best food that I've ever Bro, had in my the life. The pasta there oh, is fucking outrageous. It's fucked. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fucked. Like it's fucked. <laughs> but we, so... Fanguro. <laughs> dude, it was gnarly. But yeah, every night... Whoop, blind off limoncello and then back there that that's just a crazy part of the world and you think about like hustle culture and making shit happen and getting it done and then there's that dude he said his granddad built that place yeah with by hand carrying like he cut steps into the hill yeah 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 and carried the shit down to make like a house and a restaurant and he just lived there and then people would come come Dude, and it's a it's great squillions. Oh, like, I just, how would you even? Yeah, like, the, how, how could you put a price on property there? Like, no. it's a there's no room for more property, so there's a limited amount, and b it is, yeah. If you if you can, like, one thing I say now, and I, I know I just went to Europe, but like, if you can find a way to save, up you just over had a few your years, hot girl summer. I had a hot girl summer, right? <laughs> That's oh so yeah, good. it's so I fucking came back hot as anything. <laughs> What is it? Um, actually, no, I didn't. I came out sloppy as. Oh my god! By the end of it, bro, like had like my chin. I was like, kept oh. looking in the mirror. You know when you just look in the mirror, you go, yeah, you're that's fuck. disgusting. Cunt. Like, <laughs> yeah. Fuck, you are disgusting. Sometimes I look like, cause, like I think my missus is way too hot for me. She is. Yeah, but yeah fair, which fair. is good. It's well, I'm, I'm, hey, I'm fucking any bloke should be punching up. Yeah, I agree. Um, and sometimes I look in the mirror, I'm like, how the fuck is she attracted to you? Because you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> you are fucked. Like, how does it happen? Like, women's, I guess, it's just weird. You know, they just like different shit. They must like ugly dudes. I reckon that's the new thing coming in. Chicks just have to... <laughs> emo- chicks are emotional. I always know? say this. I don't want to, like... Look, this is just my personal opinion, but I always feel that men's sexuality is physical. Yep. Women's sexuality is emotional. A hundred percent. That's what I think. Because... 
how many girls meet guys and they're like, yeah, whatever, and they're not interested. And then they, the guy might be funny or, yep. that, you know, or he might have just good conversation. And all of a sudden, that guy that you were not even whatever is like really attractive to you. Yeah. And so, whereas like men, it's just, it's a very physical thing. Like yeah. it's like you can see a girl, I'm attracted to her. Yeah. Um, and I like, as a guy that, you know, I'm fucking not a glamour or anything like that. As soon as I realized that, I realized like, fuck, I'll, I'll have a crack. I'll, at a chance, yeah. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll have a crack. <laughs> yeah. She could 11 out of 10. Um, because it, it really is emotional. Uh, me personally, like, I don't want to speak for women, but yeah. in my experience. I think, that, well, every chick calls it their hoe phase. You know, like chicks will admit that they've had a hoe phase. Yep. And then, but once the chicks are done with the hoe phase, gotta get out of your system. Fucking get it out hey, of your system. Get it, girl. Get yeah, it, girl. Learn and what I, you need to learn. Live your life, baby. Hot girl summer. And hopefully, I've been that guy for some <laughs> women. Like, hopefully, through their hoe phase. No, you like, made them go back into church phase. It happened a couple times, dude. <laughs> I said, I'm never going out on the market again. <laughs> Fuck me. Dude, I had like two chicks that I was like in serious, like semi serious, serious <laughs> relationships with. And I was like their good luck chuck. Like, the next dude. <laughs> no dude, way. Like, I'm talking like two chicks, maybe three and they were just like the three straight up three oh i like literally God. remember yeah so you you heal them you're a healer yeah i am a healer yeah you're, you're a healer. <laughs> it's like so bad obviously oh my god you either had to do something real right or something real wrong well you mm. couldn't have done something right like by definition i guess as in to but be no a i wouldn't have worried i wouldn't have wanted to marry them though Oh, okay. You know what I mean? So, were you a fuckboy? Maybe you're a fuckboy. I was a fuckboy for sure. Oh, really? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never been a fuckboy. Oh, dude, I just 20s in America mm. with the Aussie accent. Like, like do just... you... So, what's your definition? My definition of fuckboy is saying things that aren't true. Oh, no, I was never really a fuckboy okay. like that, yeah. Yeah, well, then I, I was... I'm your definition of fuckboy in the sense I of was, like having fun. Yeah, I was like a lover boy. Like, I would like... Oh, that's... That's actually tainted that term. Yeah, now. don't say that. Turn. Holy shit, yeah, you're yeah, going to get no, cancelled, yeah, bro. Yeah, I can't do you're that. You're going to get fucking raided. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Fucking hell, you'll be in Remainer and fucking... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was like... I would... I was fully down to just fall in love with a chick for one night. And like, we oh, were... okay. You know, that, that's my definition. Yeah, of it. Like, like, like almost like... You're a romantic, but like... Almost like a 7-Eleven romantic. I'm like a tour bus romantic. Yeah. You okay, know what I mean? Yeah. So Because we're like... We'd go to every Supercross. So we're in like a different city every yeah. single weekend so we'd be in like new york one weekend san diego one weekend mm. atlanta yeah. uh, there's parties there's pe- you know actually i got something to ask you yeah how does motocross attract such good looking women like it's just the shit the ratio is off its head it's pretty fucked it's fucked go to um can you do you know what i'm about to ask you to do just do whatever you think i'm about to ask you to do <laughs> no 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 but like come on you got me Go to Austin Faulkner's Instagram. It's <laughs> like, what do you think about it? Like, okay, you ride around in helmets, so they can't even see your head when you're on TV anyway. Yeah. And like, it's a very specialized, it's not easy to get into motocross, like in the sense of like, you don't go down to your local join your motocross team and then like you play footy or whatever. Yeah. Whereas like, the amount of hot chicks that are just love motorbikes is fucking... I don't, I don't get it. Look at this dude and look at this chick. Holy shit. They've been together for years. That's Mike Tyson. They're both very like, dude, uh, sorry, Austin. You know I love you, mate. But like, are you fucking kidding me? Austin, are you Dave Chappelle? Are you that funny that you got her? Because sorry, brah. And this is coming from a bloke that's uglier than you. So it's no, I'm not talking down to no one, but. <laughs> I'm not throwing shade, <laughs> not throwing but this shade, is exceptional. This is out of its world. And you can just go on like 
every dude in motocross yeah. and just that it's fucking what absurd is, bro is it the motorbike thing again this is a guy that has no idea about I it actually all i know, don't know is beautiful women love extreme sports yeah and car dude like you go to the formula one yeah. like dude golf as well yeah psycho like there's a tournament called the phoenix waste management open waste management and it is <laughs> in cash how you can <laughs> dude scottsdale arizona Scottsdale, America has like party towns. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, and as an Aussie, you're just cruising through there, bro. It was fucked up. Like oh it was, God. it was like fucked. All right. Can so, we take this down? I yeah, feel, like, I want to feel bad. Sorry, bro. I'm not, I would never. Uh, so shout out to Austin and Riley. He just had a real bad shout crash the other day. Austin. I mean, well, he's going to be taken care of. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. He's like doing the doing both wrist breaks. Like so, he's got to have the fuck. Man, my life's so shit. And he's glamming Mrs. Just like it's okay, baby. Oh, I got you, baby. Oh yeah, we're at the waste management open in in phoenix and it's like literally a party town so mm. there's like colleges in america where it's like that's the college you go to party yeah so like this wow. is where like rob gronkowski went to college the gronk yeah so he's literally going like i could go anywhere in the world i'm going to scottsdale to fucking party balls because i'm six eight i'm a fucking athlete and i'm playing in the nfl wow no matter what gpa i get <laughs> yeah, so yeah. i'm gonna go and get my fuck on in scottsdale <laughs> Holy. but like dude you would walk around the waste management mm. open and it is just like melbourne cup times america really and then you go out and there's like casinos and there's just like fucking clubs everywhere and the ratios are out of control and then you go to like athens georgia is another mm. place like we've been tailgating for college football games mm. and like it's just yeah it's fishing with dynamite like the, then there were some times where like you'd go to new york and i'd be with a buddy who's like married you know, how like did you so like, solid. How did you like be at a tour like that? And and this is just you know maybe you were writing at the time. Were you writing at the time? No, I was filming. Okay, so I I start my how my whole career. Mm. I was actually like a filmmaker. Okay, so I I bought a camera when I was like twenty. I just like maxed out a credit card <laughs> to buy a camera and a tripod. Mm. I still have the tripod actually. Mm. This was in like oh seven. Mm. And then I started filming. I created like a website called MX Daily back mm. in the day. Yeah. And it was like the first blog in Australia for Moto. Mm. And then I made videos. I just literally copied what like the people in America did. Yep. The, I looked at their content. Mm. And then I was like, this is going to be fucking huge. Like this will happen here. Yeah. And so then I just bought a camera, taught myself how to film, mm. edited, talk about luck. I was just like good at filming. Yeah. Okay. Like I just had an eye for it. Kind I of just started doing yeah. it and I was as good as people that had been doing it. So then I started getting jobs and then I got invited to go to America to, to film this uh, big race. It's like, they call it Motocross the Nation. So it's like yep. all the different um, countries come together. It's a three-man team in your race. Yep. So I went there because I'd spent all year filming the Australian team. So they were like, can you bring all the footage mm. that we can use for the pre-shows and everything okay. and like that? And then you film the event. Yeah. And I just like literally didn't leave. <laughs> so after that. What a, like, it's almost like touring with a band. It was meant. You know? Yeah. And you got to do that. Yeah. It was like, and I had... All- and when, when you think about it, like, so, like, let's say you're an, you, you're a dirt bike rider. You've, like, worked your... And you not saying you didn't work hard, but, like, they worked their whole fucking lives. And had talent. <laughs> Whereas, like, you just picked up a passion, a hobby, yeah. and you worked hard, obviously. I'm not taking yeah. that away from yeah. you. But tour with a band, 
you don't have any scrapes, no bruises, don't feel tired. You can party as much as you want. Dude, yeah, late to every single flight, blind <laughs> every single night. Like Then when all the riders went home, all these hot girls <laughs> were left without a fucking... It was like musical chairs, you know? And I'm like the only dude to sit on. <laughs> and you could have been Insta-boyfriend too because you were like, oh, you need some... I need some content. You need some content? I'm the, I'm the guy. Plenty of fucking content for you. But yeah, so it was like... It was, yeah, it was a... It, that was a crazy... That was a crazy time too. What, uh, what a like... What an incredible opportunity in the sense of like to, to have experienced what you've experienced. When most people, they leave school, they go to uni or whatever, they go into a job, like you got to party with people like rock stars to a, to a degree. Like that's like... And I was just like, lucky. I was young too. Mm. So I was like the same age as a lot of these guys. And yep. a lot of the people that were in my, doing my job mm. were like older oh how good so that 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 was it was just, again luck yeah. like it's all luck like to just slot in at that time were you their, their energy guy like in the sense of like they almost peer pressured you into getting loose all the time because like oh dude it was so funny like they there were guys that would literally <laughs> so like a friend of mine he's like a married like super solid with yeah. his wife like, his he, like he's a gun and bro I was his toy like <laughs> and we'd go it'd be like right that's the girl right there mm. he'd just literally pick like any chick in the club and it yep. was just like it was a fun thing of like can you go and but, but yeah I used to I'd, I'd say to I'm like I'm here for one night like I ain't come back yep. maybe next year that's not enough for anything to go further than tonight yep. so we can either just let's enjoy every bit of this <laughs> yeah like, the good old enjoy every bit of it let's milk this for what we've got because yep. you're beautiful and I'm, <laughs> I'm here for it <laughs> like I'm down to fall in love tonight baby like if and you, you want to fall in love we can fall in love and if we, when it happens we can pretend like it never happened yeah because you never have to say anyone you hooked up with the Australian because yeah. you never see me again yeah. oh dude so yeah, it was like it was literally just that for, for a, Mate, a, what a, a long time like if you had said when you were younger like you're going to be able to tour almost like a, a a band tour around america like that and see the things that you've seen so lucky yeah no it was cool and like yeah like i said just i didn't have the talent <laughs> so like i just feel i feel sorry for the boys that had the talent did the work went to the races it's like the one guy that like missed out going over there he's like worked his whole life and he like misses the australian team by one person and then he sees you getting on the fucking plane going yeah fuck yeah boys oh, dude. And, <laughs> and he's I like look, i worked my whole life for this shit dude and i look back to uh, like the person i was and i'm just like fuck you were a dickhead bro like oh uh, so badly wish you weren't that guy <laughs> but it's a, it was the craziest apprenticeship for like this job mm. that's the thing so i ended up um not to make this my fucking biography no but fuck i uh, i ended up i ended up um i had some like crazy health issues i had a visa mm. like a working visa and then i was like applying for a new one you're not supposed to leave the country and like so there was some shit that kind of went down and it, i just went from like <laughs> living that life that we were just talking about to just like the rug getting pulled out from underneath oh, no me way. shut down you're done that wow. and that was five years ago so and i literally just went from like living the dream do you mind well like me asking what your health issues that you had oh i i, was, I didn't know this but mm. i was born with one kidney no way. and i was we used to the crew that i was like working in so i started pretty much working like exclusively for red bull yeah so we'd shoot like all their documentaries like mm. i was literally just traveling around the world i had this one camera that i was like pretty good at using mm. and not many other people use it. it was like a really crazy like slow motion camera okay um and so 
at the end, I literally was just getting like flown around the world to all these different events wow. just to bring like one camera no and shoot like you just get these shots and yep. then you hand it to the tent. I, so I just literally got to kind of do my own thing. But then, so I was working with this crew and uh, we would do these big projects and then we would go, they had a house in Lake Tahoe. Mm. And so whether it was summer, we'd be mountain biking or if it was winter, we'd be snowboarding. Mm. So we'd like work like fuck for weeks and then we'd fly back to Tahoe and we'd do all the post-production in this house in Tahoe, but yeah. we'd snowboard or, or yeah. ride. Yeah. And anyway, one day I'm just on the hill snowboarding and just have like this fucking huge one trying to avoid hitting an old lady in all pink helmet clubs no jacket fucking skis now <laughs> polished up like as california soccer <laughs> yeah. mom as you could yeah and then and so i ended up fucking up my kidney but i didn't know i only had so one you, well you had a massive crush trying to avoid it yeah yeah, okay. yeah so i'm just like cartwheeling down the hill yeah and in the process i've elbowed myself in the ribs yeah and i've popped the there's like a valve that connects your bladder and your kidney. And oh so I fucked that up. God. And I've only got one. Holy. No health insurance. No, dude, I like literally nearly died. And uh, yeah, it was fucking hectic. And then we had a, it was the waste management Phoenix Open was scheduled <laughs> in like four weeks. I was like, I didn't fucking leave it. It's like your mecca. Yeah, so I like waited to go to that event. We were doing some stuff with Ricky mm. Fowler for Red Bull. Mm. And then I like pretty much waited. I was like on death's door, dude. Like there's photos of me. I'm like yellow. I can't <laughs> believe it. I was throwing up every morning. Like I was on chemo. Like it was fucking hectic. As in, so were you on medication then? Or you? No, st- I had no idea. So you just thought you were, oh man, I'm a bit sick. I actually thought I got like a stomach virus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I was throwing up so yeah. much. And like all, for, for four weeks, I ate fruit salad and drank Powerade. That's it because that's what tasted good when i threw up yeah okay. like that's how regularly i was no throwing. it was way. gnarly dude but man what is wrong with blokes and seeing doctors well i didn't have health insurance over oh, there so, oh because it's so expensive i was so scared dude. oh fuck yeah okay so then anyway i ended up coming home but if so you up. flew home flew home yeah sick? yeah so I, were you cooked the whole way on the flight oh bro i they reckon the doctor said they're like i can't believe you survived that flight yeah my fuck. blood pressure was like 240 <clears throat> over 120 or like were you pretty fit at that stage I'd s- not as fit as I am now like because yeah. I was like partying and yeah, like yeah. I wasn't really training I wasn't I wasn't doing jiu-jitsu at that point but were you active though at yeah least? yeah I was like I was super active yeah. Um, but yeah I ended up I was living with this crazy dude actually and he had like this whole pharmacy cabinet <laughs> with like every prescription drug oh, you- <laughs> and so he's like dude like you gotta take a couple of Xanax like, oh couple- my god so anyway I ended up just fucking zonking myself out for the f- literally the, the whole, whole flight. flight like yep. I I had to I held like a sick bag and, and under my jacket like just in case I threw up I like smuggled myself back to Australia <laughs> and then I got to uh, I got home went to the doctor's and then I sort of started like feeling all right. And I was like, fuck, maybe, maybe it was like a stomach thing. Yeah. Flew to Adelaide. My brother does sports management. Oh my God, bro. <laughs> Dude, my brother does sports management for like, he does like Chaz Mostert and he does like the Red Bull yep. V8 team and stuff. So he, this was like six, five, six years ago mm. and uh, maybe even more. So he's like kind of early in his business and he was like, Jace, could you come shoot some content for me? Mm. So I was like, sweet, I'll get on a plane. I'll go... <sighs> I landed there. I didn't have an Australian phone. I had nothing. I'd just come back. Yeah. And I get there. There's an ambulance waiting for me because I've gone and done these tests and then flew to Adelaide just for the weekend. So I ended up being in Adelaide for like two weeks, crazy surgeries. Like I pretty much... So what the doctor called and said, get the ambulance there ASAP. Yeah. 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 No way. And And then I just like kind of fucking panicked ran got in a taxi <laughs> what <laughs> and then just fucking and then yeah i was in in 
hospital in Adelaide for like two weeks. And no way. Yeah, it was hectic, dude. But it, it, uh, yeah. So then I found out that I only have one kidney, which I was born with. But apparently, one in three hundred people are born with one kidney. So you just were you like, oh, your mum and dad, where's my kidney, bro? Yeah, straight up. I was like, I fucking knew my brother was the favourite. <laughs> <laughs> and this proves it. <laughs> he's got he's got three kidneys. <laughs> Why has my brother got three kidneys for? Yeah, yeah. And we've both got these scars. <laughs> but yeah, so that ended up like a long way of saying that ended up like fully fucking up the whole America thing. So mm. I went from like living that life to just the rug got pulled and I was like, just back with nothing to do. Exactly. Like it's not like let's say you were in Australia and all this was happening and then you stopped working but you were still in Australia you wouldn't have experienced like the big shining lights of America but to go from the fast pace of America like 330 million people all that kind of stuff to the slow pace of Australia it's almost like a double whammy oh yeah yeah it was and I was like I was 30 oh no I was like probably 28 I think at the time Mm. when, when I ended up coming home and I had like no money. I had like a chick. I actually dumped it, the chick that I was with in Rome. <laughs> like, Even though she stuck with you through one kidney. No, well, she kind of fucked me around through oh, the one really? kidney. So okay. then I was like, all right, you clip for the program. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm like. She probably fucking stole your kidney, bro. <laughs> yeah, straight up. <laughs> but yeah, so I was 28 with no money. I had like two cameras. Mm. And then I ended up having these microphones like i was doing some other i was like kind of experimenting with the podcast thing Mm. um but it wasn't like a thing i was doing yet you know Mm. like i was kind of just figuring it out yep but yeah like it literally ended up being like the only thing i had going for me it's like really interesting that you know the it's it seems like you have not had nothing at that stage and and to a degree you had yeah like on a material sense yeah but at the same time like your value is your skill set so you actually had everything it was just a matter of like did you want to utilize it whereas like sometimes you can you can leave a job and you're like what did i actually learn Mm. like what skill set do i have to go and generate revenue from and like it's really interesting that just from two cameras yeah you've essentially built all this yeah and this all comes just off talent like, and, and it's and hard work obviously. and it's the it's and it's just luck too mm. you know and that like what you could call classically bad luck like <laughs> you know like cartwheeling down comedy it. of errors that <laughs> yeah. brought you to this point yeah yeah, yeah. and and i think that you know uh, that i always i love i guess like telling that story and i that's one of like my biggest things that if i can influence people in any way is just like when you have something fucked up happen to you, just keep going because yeah. if a dickhead like me can, can recover from those comedy of errors, mm. you know, and you just don't know how that thing is going to play into the rest of your life and the, you know, the kind of future that you can have off the back of seemingly terrible things in the moment. For sure. It would have felt like you with footy, like that oh, you, lo- you lost your career in footy, but then this is what comes off the back of it oh there's so many things like maybe it's my own bias because i'm trying to look for glass half full the positive and the negative but all to my understanding all the best things in my life have happened after yeah it feels like everything has fallen apart you know like even you know initially deciding to go from soccer to league like you know the first year or two was really lonely because i didn't i didn't have really that much friends like they were my mates in the sense we rocked up we played together they respected me but i didn't really have a friend that like you know me and him would hang out and do whatever in in rugby league and so obviously didn't have any outside rugby league because that's all i did so that was tough but then i ended up getting to debut and i even remember specifically like so like i'd been basically 
close to debuting for quite a while ended up debuting but there were still senior players that like didn't really speak to me because they, I just didn't really fit in that well yeah I, but I still remember the night it was like halfway through the season I'd been playing first grade for a bit playing really good footy and Sean Berrigan pulled me aside um, he's hard like a, man he's a hard, hard man. man great international great player if you don't follow footy just a, a gun like a really played for Australia played for Queensland and he was just like first of all this is the first time I found out I was weird and this but anyway he goes <laughs> listen and we're on the drink out like we were talking about before yeah, blokes yeah. talking to each other on the drink yeah. on the drink out he goes listen we all think you're a bit of a weird cunt <laughs> but we respect you <laughs> and so like most people will be like hang on a sec what did you just say that first bit <laughs> but all I was like is like oh my like it was a, such a moment for me like yeah. all these boys respect I've earned their respect um, but yeah it was also the first time I was like I don't kind of feel like I'm weird like that's that's fucked <laughs> but no I, I remember the moment of like just just finally fitting in into that kind of environment um but I didn't even know where we we're going with that. Where were we at? Fuck, good story though. Yeah, well, fuck. It, it, Maybe I've just fucking taken us down there because I wanted to tell that story. I don't know. I love the story though. <laughs> I'm here for it. The the uh, that whole like not fitting in and the senior players like there's a it's funny. There's like a thing that I think happens in that's just such like a natural pecking order essentially. Yeah. Like when when I go into the gym, like you see a new dude come through yeah. the door and you're just like. Enjoy the two weeks, bros. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah, We'll fucking see you never because <laughs> yep. you ain't coming back. 100%. And you get those people, like, there would be people that you could tell that story to and be like, well, no, no, it's fucked that they didn't talk to you. Yeah, yeah. And then you're just like, well, wait a minute. There's that many people that are in this revolving door and there's probably like seven or eight guys that are like solid and there for like 10 years. Yeah. And if you're on the outside of that group, like it actually makes sense once you're in that environment, how yeah. that can actually happen. For sure. I, I think it's a rite of passage. Yeah. And I think that I, I do like the next generation has been given more opportunity and it's more, I guess, egalitarian where young yeah, people, young, yeah. I, I, I respect it. And like I came from a generation where you literally just didn't talk. You went and got coffees. They they treat you like shit. Because, and it may sound like I think to a lot of people or maybe the younger generation or on the internet or whatever, if, if you told some of the stories, they'd be like, that's, that's bullying, ruthless, yeah. that's, you know, abuse and, you know, you're going to be scarred for life. And look, I'm not speaking to other people's experience. So I'm not sitting and saying that that doesn't happen at all. Yeah. I'm just speaking to my experience. And in my experience, it's about finding out, are you going to earn the right to put on this jersey that we all bled for? Yeah, yeah. Because... A lot of people forget that that's just a piece of material. Yeah. What makes that piece of material special? It's the men and women that have come before you and sacrificed. The men and women for 25 years, at the start of the 25 years, a lot of them didn't get paid. Yeah, a lot of them yeah. did it for the love of it. They built up the recognition. Why you put that shirt on, you feel so proud. They built that literally with their blood and their yeah, sweat and their yeah, tears. Yeah. And so that's why I do think it's important. Now, I, I do understand that we have to give a little bit because the generation coming through now is different. And it doesn't mean it's bad. It's just different. Like yeah. I'm not a I'm not a hater, an old guy going, oh, you should fucking tell every young guy up and that comes in or whatever. Yeah. So we do have to give a little. But I also think there is a lot of value in saying, are you not 
because you're a young, good player, you deserve this jersey. No, no, the other way around. Are you worthy of putting this jersey on? Or are you, you know, in motocross, I'm sure there are, are you worthy of... Riding for this team. Riding for this team, exactly. We've got a reputation that's been built by people that have sacrificed way fucking more than you. You're not entitled to anything. It's the guys that are willing to go through some bad stuff. And and look, as I said, if you said on the internet what it was, people would lose their minds. But it teaches you to like appreciate what you do when you get there. But also, you let everyone else know that jersey means more to me than even my own, what I want. Yeah, so I might, yeah it's bigger than, it's it's bigger bigger than, than me. the sum of its parts. Exactly. So, yeah, okay, I might be a bit sooky that you said my hair was shit and I fucking this, You're that, and the next day. I'm a weirdo, like, <laughs> or I'm a bum. And, like, like there'd be little things. Like, this is just the, the surface. Like, you'd walk in and Hodjo might be like, mate, fucking one call of the coach and you're fucking out of here. You're a bum. <laughs> like, like, just stuff like that. You're an 18-year-old wigging out going, holy moly. Yeah. Um, and so it, it was kind of just daily banter, kind of like yeah, that. And there would yeah. be worse stuff than this and less stuff than that. But again, you're proving to them. And at the time, I didn't even know it. Yeah, yeah. It's not that. It's an old head mentality. It's an old like head to, mentality. To know, yeah. I just thought, holy shit. Like, what yeah. I didn't realize is, is if they aren't talking to you, that's, that's a the real problem. problem. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that we can be better at explaining that to the younger men and women that come through. Yeah. It's like, listen, it's a test. They, it's not that they don't like you. They just want to see whether you are worthy of... Because like, when you think about it from their perspective as well, they went through it. So what, yeah, to what makes their jersey, you different? Yeah. What makes you better than them yeah. when they went through a harder time? We always soften as generation comes. And so I think that rite of passage is really, really important. Like yeah. I really do. It shows like it shows that you are willing to put aside your own... Because per- like it's a team sport as well. Yeah. So you're willing to put aside your own personal feelings for the greater good. The greater good is that jersey. And that's what it, that's how you win premierships. You know, I was fortunate enough to be a part of the widest squad in 2006 when we won the premiership. Yeah. I didn't play in the actual team, but I was in the squad that trained every day and all that kind of stuff. And that was what it was about. It wasn't about the individual. And it's easy to say these words and people go, yeah, it's about the team. Yeah. But until you've been in a team environment and, you know there's a 110 kilo guy running at you and you know in your head that you're probably going to get knocked out. (laughs) Will you put your head there? Yeah. If you're thinking about yourself, you won't. Yeah. If you're thinking about the team, you will. Yeah. And it's easy to say, yeah, I'd do it. But would you do it, bro? Yeah. Would you do it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Me personally? No. <laughs> no. That's why I'm not in the British <laughs> footy team. Um, and so that rite of passage, it, 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 even like army camps we used to go on. Yeah, dude. It was all about breaking us and see seeing who and you'd be shocked have you ever been on like an SAS camp or anything like that I've been I've actually I filmed a commercial for the US Army oh really yeah when I was in the US and dude it was fucking hectic like there was like Black Hawks it was the whole the whole deal Mm. but and then I got to be mates with one of the sergeants that run the training courses yeah but yeah same deal you know they're just like breaking a a person to see like how they react react in that situation and Mm. it was interesting like you and Benny Hannett last night were talking about about the camp that you guys did in in yeah. 06 and it's like the most brutal camp that you could have done in the off well the the most brutal camp that was ever done at the broncos was the same year they won a premiership yeah. and yeah. it's just like coincidence yeah exactly exactly and like so this camp was six days and it was six days of sas yeah what they do for sas so to get into the, the tippity top of the australian army the difference was is 
is that we did it for six days and it was like I lost 10 kilos. Fuck. Yeah, like Darius lost 12 kilos. We had ticks on us, leeches on us. Like it's intense, you know, as we were saying last night, you know, your listeners probably won't hear that podcast, but... Which they should. They can go yeah, to... Yeah, go to Black 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 Black. Yeah. You know, we had to kill chickens to eat. We didn't eat for How two days. How gnarly is yeah, that, Just bro. chucked it at us and said, if you want to eat, you get, there you go. And so I'm wigging out going... I don't, I don't know how to kill a chicken. Yeah, and I don't want to kill a chicken. I'm like, all gone all fucking... <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Like, I don't want to kill chickens. You died of starvation. <laughs> yeah. In another world. And then Brad Thorne just goes, give it here. <laughs> Boom, rips its head straight off. And I was like, oh my God. Um, but again, it's it's all about breaking people down and seeing like a lot of people think they've got what it takes yeah 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 but you you just don't know and this is not me sitting here saying oh i'm so i'm tough guy because i'm not i'm the opposite of that like, yeah you I, know that you know now yeah i know i <laughs> yeah. know like i didn't enjoy it i mean don't get me wrong i i did excel in that environment but not because i was sitting there going into this it is, saying i'm this is tough great and, yeah. yeah whereas like you just you'd be surprised you, you could have the guy that you know looks the toughest you know and you go oh, mate he's gonna kill it the mere fit everything some dweeby nerdy doesn't speak much or whatever and you'd be surprised at the way different people react like it it's honestly it's actually a good exercise to do as well because like you see a lot of strength in people that you've never seen before yeah um and yeah and so that's again it's all a part of the rite of passage it's all a part of seeing like what are they made of when the chips are really down yeah do they like go inwards and care about themselves or do they open up and say let's go together as a team yeah um and so yeah i I understand that we need to obviously always listen and improve but i do think we there's some value to that there's gotta be some value it's been around for hundreds of thousands of years oh dude you know and i'm not talking about like crazy stuff or anything like that we got to get rid of that like dangerous all that yeah yeah but i do think there is definitely benefit to going yeah it's like a sifter yeah, you know, yeah, like sifting yeah. through, like who's who's a waste of time and who's not. Yeah, and and I think too that, like I think with like with Rones and Alex, like there's two young young dudes that work here mm. and they've worked here for like since they're in year twelve, mm. you know, and so it's like with Rones, it's like he's three years in like now, mm. and there's times where you, it's like it's almost counterproductive to sit down have the meeting have the do it properly yeah whereas you just go like mate are you fucking serious yeah, 100%. <laughs> and then be like boy boy come over here and have a look at what this dickhead is what a fucking idiot and then everyone has a laugh at it. yeah it's cruel yeah you know like that's not that makes you feel kind of shit yeah but it's like it gets the message across mm. in a way that everyone's involved in everyone's on the same page it's yep. out in the open there's no fucking weird or yeah i actually just think there's sometimes like value in in that and like so for i grew up around nate and callum miles mm. right so they played for yeah. they played for uh suburbs and we went to saint joey's like school together right mm. and so i was like the annoying younger kid that knew them from footy and would hang around them at school. like, <laughs> yeah, And I'm yeah. like years younger than yeah, Nate. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know how old Nate is. Maybe I'm like three or four. How old are you? I'm 34. 34. I think he's like 37 maybe. Yeah, so he's like a few years. Yeah. yeah. And like they wouldn't sit me down and be like, hey, Jace, you're talking too much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They'd be like, shut oi, the shut the fuck up. <laughs> you know, and it becomes, it's like a public yeah. kind of, a public thing. But if that, like, I feel like I learned some shit from those boys yeah. giving me that, you know, that, 
attitude and i think about like footy coaches too man like we had this one i played for brothers yeah in cairns which was i was the only there was me and this kid called martin gelfer we were the only white kids on this team dude and we <laughs> so were the, probably the worst players out of the lot bro we were fucking awful <laughs> martin was on the bench i started luckily so i was the best of a bad bunch <laughs> but we had it was just us just us white boys on the team and mm. we had like a team of guns bro like mm. you'd know the you know you know the juniors from up north that mm. just incredible. like coconut footy you know like they so just good. got they just, just yeah they have a crazy level of yeah. athleticism and talent and they're just throwing shit around everywhere and but a lot of those kids were kind of like broken sort of families mm. and like this environment we had this one coach and he was he was a light skin but he was Aboriginal. Yeah. So he was pretty much white <laughs> compared to these boys. And bro, like, he was the most, like, hard-nosed racist. Like, it was wow. just... It was like... It, you could have made a TV show about our, like, under-14s, under-15s. So just like, a racist. He was... But he was he was black. So, like... But he was white compared to them. You know? oh, so, oh like, God. he was actually Aboriginal. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But, you know, it yeah. looked like literally a white guy, guy screaming all at all. Bad stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, the, the talent up there and the young Indigenous boys and Polynesian boys... Oh, man. If they just had the same opportunities, when it, whether it means going home to a, a home that is set and okay, that, there's so many players that could play in a role that never do. Dude, there was a... Like, yeah, so, like, Nate Miles, Jamie Frizzo, mm. um, his brother Callum. Like, there was a bunch of, like, Sammy Thiday. Big Sammy T. Justin Hodges played. Hodge he's a Cairns boy. Yeah, like, yeah. There was a... It was insane, man, mm. the amount of talent that was up there. Um, I mean, dude, Chico's from, from up there as yeah, well. Yeah, Dude, bro, like, his, his older brother, Billy. Really? Oh, Gun. bro, he was the man when I was a kid. So, Chico's really interesting and maybe you would have seen it as well like he's another guy that like beat the odds oh know, yeah massively like he's a young kid um from png that was they were struggling so much financially yeah. that he was watching kids go to school and jealous of them because he couldn't afford to go to school yeah and it, there's a lot of other kids out there that just don't have the same pathways as say me when i grew yeah. up on the gold coast like yeah. i didn't grow up with much money but i had more opportunity than yeah chico did yeah and a lot of these other indigenous young lads and polynesian boys it, the talent up there is in and also you know when you really sit down and think about what they're actually going through as young kids oh you yeah. start to go how they even got to where they were anyway is incredible well and and footy was such uh and this was where i was going with the story about the our coach yeah uh, he um he was such like a mentor to these boys mm and like you'd see that he really mattered and mm. what he said mattered and he was fucking giving it to him you know like yeah. if you stood on the like there were parents that used to complain about him no way on the sidelines that were like and like parents of the other team that would be like you can't talk to the boys like this and it's yeah. like lady it's fine yeah. you know like this, it's the, this is it's, how they it's how the, this is how it works for him yeah. but that that leadership that they had because he was like a hard leader and mm. the rules and the discipline and making them come and like man the talent on the team was 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 just crazy yeah. you know mm. but um yeah man chico like he he actually played with my brother like they oh, played, really yeah they played rep footy from man, like under under eights together yeah his story is amazing uh his father was like relatively successful in png and then a bunch of stuff happened lost everything yeah. to move over here live with other people um, his story I mean again there's so many you know Latrell's story is amazing like yeah. a lot of indigenous kids they just 
if you put that challenge in front of me, I don't know whether I would have got through it. You know, like yeah, so. It's yeah, just yeah. so and in AFL too, it's a similar situation. So many talented Indigenous kids that that you like, you wouldn't believe what they've been through to get to. Yeah, I mean, for example, there was a story of two Indigenous kids that drove like nine or ten hours or something recently to get a trial at one of the rugby league clubs, and like just that dedicated, like that. That sacrifice or that and willingness, like the drive, to, yeah, to yeah, have a crack with with you know so much other things going on, you yeah. know, at home or whatever it is. So yeah, I mean, it's incredible. The, the thing with up home as well is, I think when when I was like younger, I used to look at some of the some of the boys. They were like the indigenous boys that would play from a lot of because we it was like a very indigenous club, yeah, and. uh and we'd look at these boys that were going away on trials and, and going to play for, you know, they'd go for do school boys and they'd get like uh, the homestays and stuff. And then in six months, they'd be back. Mm. And everyone always, and I would, mm. me included, like when I was younger, you'd think that that was a lack of like discipline mm. and like they had all the talent, but they weren't serious about it or whatever. I don't know whether people understand it on like a wider spectrum, but there's a big cultural difference between white Australians or like immigrant Australians mm. and then indigenous Australians Massive. or Torres Strait Islanders culturally in terms of what family means. Mm. And so a lot of people, and I think it still gets thrown around sometimes like, ah, oh, they're fucking so talented, but they just don't give a fuck or they're not whatever. It's like, nah, they actually value family yep. in a different way than what we do. Mm. So when you take, um, actually I'm trying to remember his name, but he was a, he was a halfback in the era of like Nate and like uh, Ashley Millwood, and there was yep. like a there was a there was like a really good year where a lot of those boys kind of mm. like graduated mm. and and went on like Sammy thought it that whole kind of era, mm. and um, fuck I wish I could remember his name, but he like phenomenal bro, yeah. like absolute like just carved everybody, yeah, and then he went away, and then came back pretty quickly. And uh, and everyone, it's that same sort of, yeah. you know, that same narrative that everyone was was spinning. And then me and him, we ended up actually it was like at my school formal or something. And he was out and mm. we were we were drinking, and he was just saying like, I just miss my family, bro. Yeah. He's like he, he's like I could have made it. Mm. I could have signed the contract. I could. He's like, I just come home. Yeah. It's not. It's got nothing to do with like I want to be on the piss or I want to. Yeah. I just don't fucking be away from my family. It is yeah. what it is. I'm yeah. not... Cha- like, 100%. footy don't mean that much to me. Well, it's like when people try to run with that narrative, A... Is it still a narrative in the sport a little I, bit? I think I think they're getting more educated because yeah. like, the, the game is trying to educate yeah, okay. players of like the indigenous culture. And, and I, like a lot of players like Latrell and Cody Walker are really, you know, trying to be the forefront of that. Which but is pretty cool. It's really cool. And, and you're absolutely right. It's not just a throwaway line. It's like, oh, it's different. No, no, it is actually yeah, tangibly different. Yes. Family compared to... And it's not one is better than the other or whatever. It's just different. Culturally on a different it's planet. It's just different. And until you sit down with the indigenous person and hear that what they feel about the whole situation, you get a better understanding. But I even... So you add that. Bro, how many immigrant or, or white fellas go away, including myself? I went to New Zealand. I got homesick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like so, yeah. it's not it's not just them that get homesick. We everyone has it up. Like the amount of people that go to Super League in in rugby league and they go over there for a year and play. These are gun NRL players. Yeah, yeah. Super League is nowhere near as good. These guys go there, get homesick, come home. Yeah. How many England players come here and then they go back home because they get homesick? Yeah. Like so, you've got that 
already the cultural difference on top of it is human nature yeah. for a lot of people to go, I want to be where either close to where I grew up, an hour away, a two-hour flight max. Yeah, I want to be in the env- a similar environment with a similar culture. It's comfortable. And so, yeah, the, I, I always just don't understand that narrative because it's like, well, we can look at so many other people that aren't indigenous that get homesick so why yeah. do we why will we just attribute it to them like and it, it wasn't it's not even described as homesickness it's mm. literally like my family died <laughs> like that's literally the level of what the at least the way that it was explained to me is yeah. it's like it's like a go away and it's like my family's dead mm. <laughs> you know yeah. and like i think about my my mum like when i went to america it was like my mum didn't want me to go and she was obviously sad but it's like we're facetiming every day like we're just the tools are different it seems like yeah. you know like it seems like we've just got our culturally we're so used to kids flying the coop mm. and then we've got ways to deal with it within our own mm. culture you know and it's just well, it's, I, it's not the same for one those of my guys. um one of my ex-partners was from el salvador oh, yeah. and basically like you didn't leave the house until you... No, matter of fact, I think the eldest son, it was like culturally, he would... They would like expand the house yeah. and he would bring his wife into the home and the young... The, the girl of the family would only leave once she was married. Yeah. And again, it's just cultural differences. You have yeah. to understand if you're brought up in that culture, leaving home... like. For example, me moving out at 18, it was like, yeah, of course, like, whatever, there's no big deal. And your parents expect it. Go move everyone, out, everyone is on your the own same way, program. find your own yeah. way, kind of stuff. Whereas, like, let's say you're a young El Salvadorian or whatever, young woman, and you say, I'm going to move out with my girlfriend and, and whatever. They'd be like, no. Yeah, you're not married. You're not, you're not married. Like, you know, and, and, but also the young girl usually would be like, I want to be around my family because it's culture. So it's just, I think it's just all about perspective. Now, don't get me wrong, of course, there, I'm sure there are some people that, you know, have gone away and been lazy or whatever. Like that's human nature. Yeah, you know, yeah, that, yeah, that's human nature. Yeah. That's not specific to one certain type type of people. But um, man, it's weird as you get older. How much like we went? I, I flew back. I flew here up here yesterday. Yeah, and I went back to my home that I grew up in today. Oh yeah, to film the the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. stuff that I showed you earlier. Um, and there's just nothing like home, is there? No. There's just, and I don't know. It's for everyone too, so it's like it's not the place. That yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. Because everyone has it. Yeah, but yeah. there's just so, maybe it's because the environment where you were safe because your parents took care of you. Yeah. So it's like you go back to that and you feel like I don't have anything to worry about. Mum and dad's gonna take care of it, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Um. But yeah, there's no no place like home. Did nostalgia oh. is so tangible. Yeah. Like I was texting with one of my buddies, and uh, we're both like moto kids like watching the same mm. videos and whatever and so anyway he, he records an audio note of uh, an old song that was like on a, a bunch of what like these movies yep. and I was like fuck haven't heard that and I put I just like stopped everything that I was doing in my house and I like got my speaker and I just like fucking cranked this song oh. and it was like I took drugs yeah I hadn't heard back. it in yeah. so long and it just like flooded flooded its way through and I think that homes are like that. Yeah. I think that what you're getting is like some weird biological cocktail of nostalgia that yeah. is like a fucking drug. And it's like, because you grew up there, there's almost a connection to the land to a degree as, as a human mammal, like, yeah. you know, as a monkeys, really. Yeah. You know, that's your land or whatever. Um, it's really, it's interesting because like, you know, my, my father, he probably could have sold the property a bit ago and like, we all agreed like, mate, like, and he agreed he was the one pushing it but like that's what he's worked his whole life like if yeah. you if you you know he still hasn't paid it off but so and he's are your he's parents like, still up here 
Um, yeah, yeah. So he still hasn't paid it off, but it's like if you were to sell that now, then you, you like you leave this world with no land. Yeah, and it, yeah. And it sounds a bit bizarre. Like you sound like a primal kind I of thing. Know, I, f- but I you know, I actually think the same thing, bro. Like, what's the point of leaving the world with not having? any land it's almost like you didn't exist <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah, I mean yeah, could, yeah. in the grand scheme of things you literally just didn't excuse you just came yeah, and went yeah. whereas like if you have at least some land it doesn't have to be big or whatever but it's like that was the Kemp land like yeah, you know what I mean yeah, that's yeah. our land we own it now look we can get into conspiracies and the government can take it away from you all that shit yeah, yeah. but for the for, for for all intents and purposes it's ours it's ours until <laughs> yeah. they come with the guns but it's ours and so it's just yeah I don't know it's it's as I get older too like when I was younger I was like I don't give a yeah, shit like, yeah. you know, who cares like move wherever as I get older I'm like man you know I'd love that to pass down through the family whether it's my brother or me or sister or whatever yeah um but yeah, there's something there's something about home. Eh? It's just fucking weird. And Did, everyone has it. Oh no, and it's you're right. It's as you get older, and so we're pretty much the same age. Like mm. you're 35, I'm 30. Are you 89? Oh, sorry, 87. Yeah. yeah. So, did we have the best generation? Like, were we it? Did we have the last good one? Oh man, I don't know. Do you th- ever think about that? I I. I I'm always of the okay. This is one I think I always promised myself. I never wanted to be an older hater. So yeah, I never, I yeah, never yeah. wanted to be the guy like, for example, like when TikTok first came out, like, yeah, yeah, look, yeah, yeah. would I ever dance on TikTok? Absolutely not. But I'm never going to be the guy like, you fucking idiot. This rah. is fucking stupid. Yeah, you yeah. loser. Like, what are you doing? Like, of course, there's some stuff where I'm like, ooh, that's a bit, a bit yeah, weird. Yeah. But like, I've always promised myself like, the, our parents had the same feeling about us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how can you not understand that all you're doing is exactly what your parents did to you that <laughs> yeah. pissed you off? Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so it doesn't mean that like I have to go and do TikTok and start dancing and that, but at the same time, like hate. But on you should. Kid. I should. I mean, yeah, get, get a kid <laughs> off and start dancing. Um, but like, doesn't mean I have to start hating on these kids. Yeah, yeah. And also, like. To say subjective, like say objectively, oh, TikTok's shit or yeah. like that content is shit. It's like, well, then you are your parents because your parents was like, how do you play video games all day? Yeah. And I'm like, you don't get it. It's yeah. the fucking best Headshots, mum. Exactly. <laughs> and it's the same thing with the next generation. They're yeah. like, I never want to be that because then they'll say the same thing to me. You don't get it. Um, so I, what I will say about our generation though that I think is extremely valuable and different to any other generation was we had pre and post internet kind of yeah. lives. We were the last ones. We were the last ones, but also we were the first ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you yeah, know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And so I do think that is a unique place to be in history where we can go, we know what it was like pre internet, but we were also the first ones to adopt it. Yeah. And I think, and the internet, it, it's arguably the most important invention of all time. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's special. I do think that's special. I think that there's something to that mm. like i actually i'll i'll go and take like a harder stance on that in the sense that not in the you're right you never want to be your parents <laughs> but i really think like objectively mm. when you look at the way that we grew up like we had house parties we had phone lines we had dial up internet there was no instagram you didn't have a smartphone like but we were so young still when all of those things were implemented mm. and we were like the early adopters of the internet. So it's like we're the better brick of bricks or like we're the GoPro of action camps. Yeah. Like we were the first ones, yeah. you know? So it's like when it comes to using the internet, it's like we were first to market. Yeah. And it's like you. then I think like you're starting to see 
the shift into the people that have only grown up with the internet and they've only ever grown up with like Twitter beef and wokeness and like never been punched in the mouth. Oh, never, you know what I mean? Like never had... Honestly, this is going to sound mental. And, and maybe it is mental. <laughs> shoot your shot, baby. Bro, I'm going to shoot it. I kind of feel like every young person should be punched in the face once. 100%. Even, even if like I'm not saying they break their jaw, they put the mouth guard on, put boxing gloves on. I'm not saying go and scrap. I'm just saying I just need some people to know how quickly you can get knocked out and how vulnerable you really are. Yeah. And that's coming from a guy that thought I was invulnerable when I was 18. You yeah, know? Like, yeah. obviously, I got in my fair share of fights when I was growing up. Whereas this next generation, like, you, you can't Nothing. fight. No. You don't. There's no fighting. Like, no. you'll get charged with... you fucking... Before yeah. you know it, you're in court. Yeah. And I think that it's made too many people comfortable being super disrespectful yeah. for no reason with no consequences and i'm not some guy that like is like i'm, I'm against street fighting like if yeah, you're gonna do yeah. it do it in a ring or whatever yeah or on at least on the grass at least on the grass <laughs> but like at the same time there has to be a line somewhere where it's like there's got to be consequences for your actions yeah you can't say something so disrespectful and then hide behind the good nature of everyone else which is we all abide by the law yeah because that's yeah, what you're yeah, doing yeah. you're hiding behind the good nature of everyone else yeah that's what like a lot of bad people today thrive even more because the law is so on top of us we're so surveilled yeah, all that kind yeah, of stuff yeah, yeah. because they rely on our good nature to not create anarchy whereas if there was 10 of them it's anarchy because you've got one person not playing by the rules but everyone else is playing by the rules. The guy not playing by the rules, usually he wins. Scott free Because yeah. it, it doesn't matter. Whereas yeah. if you've got 10 blokes not playing by the rules, they're f- everyone's scrapping. Yeah, yeah. And, and that makes me mad because I'm like, you rely on our good nature to take advantage of us. Yeah. When in reality, 20 years ago... You would have got what's coming. You would have to ask yourself, am I willing to get yeah. in a physical altercation for what I'm about to do or say? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's so true I, and, and look I'm not some like oh walking around going oh fuck you what are you looking at none of that like I think it's the cringest shit ever yeah but some of the the chat from people you go oh, mate you would never say that ever because yeah. there's got to be a consequence for your action but there is no consequence yeah no no I agree did you ever get fucking smacked in the mouth and really have to like I was never cop uh, it no I was never like um, I was never like lippy or anything like that I got in heaps of fights not heaps of fights but like I would get bullied a lot throughout um, school so like I think it was grade 4 was probably my first fight um, and then it would have been then grade 6 had a fight and that was against that was against two classmates and they called like my sister a fat cow or something like that fought them and again there's a good example like they called my sister something yeah. that's younger than me nowadays if I did that I'd get suspended from school oh yeah you're done Yeah. but like who's in the wrong here yeah. the kids that were calling a younger girl a fat cow and then there's no like accountability there's no there's accountability no consequences. little stuff on the oh did you call a fat cow they say no I didn't no yeah and, and then you've got to go through well you need to fill out this form and you're going to have to 100%. do a course about it yep and um okay so then yeah so fought in year, had it fight in year 6 had a fight in year 8 With this was with the same group of guys like they just kept yeah, yeah. what would happen was is they'd bully me for like a year or two like it was basically then you'd have a fight and then they wouldn't and yeah, then they'd exactly. start again yeah. and then I would <laughs> yeah. say enough's enough let's go yeah. and then year 8 I think year 10 I, I don't think year 10 that we had another fight but that the bullying did get quite bad then but, but at that stage I was away so much for sport that like I just could avoid it and then outside I had a, a few scuffles like when I was like 18 and that um I remember one real bad one in uh, Surface Paradise. Like I was just walking. It'll happen there. Yeah, it'll fucking know that will happen there. <laughs> and I was just walking and someone, you know, called out, oh, you're gay, rah, rah. Because like, I don't know, I dress nice, I guess. It's like, 
bro, I just got good hair. Fuck. Like, that's You're a right. Thanks, bro. <laughs> yeah. I look good then. You're saying I look good? Yeah. Um, what a fuck. <laughs> yeah, let's do it, bro. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I went over to him and um, I was like, mate, like, what's wrong with you? Like, I don't even know you. And you're calling that out. And he's like, oh, you know, sorry, mate. But before I knew it, I, he's like 11 mates had like come behind oh. me and the boys. Anyway, dog shot from behind from one of them. Then it was just this fucking huge scuffle. Um, yeah, and there's been little scuffles between there and then. But those little scuffles have taught me like... Just, you got a healthy respect for like what you do and don't say. I don't want to fight. Yeah. I don't want to fight. Because yeah. it's like no getting punched in the face with no glove on... Fucking sucks. You, you, your face should break. If, put it this way. If someone knows how to throw a punch and they connect cleanly on your face your face will break. <laughs> yeah. And people don't get that. They watch yeah. movies and they think these big swinging punches and they go, whoa, wow, that's what a fight. No, no, no. Yeah, it's over. Pretty quick. He gets a clean shot and he knows how to throw a punch. You will have a broken jaw, broken cheekbone, whatever it is, almost guaranteed. Yeah. And, and a lot of people don't know that. No, no, I completely agree. It's, yeah. it's hectic. Dude, I remember, I remember, <laughs> I was a smart ass kid. I remember <laughs> all right, all right, but this, will, this will never fucking leave me ever yeah. and it never left me <laughs> so I, I played for suburbs for a year mm. uh, and then I I left I didn't like the coach mm. and then I was at, it was like a brother's game and he was like had a few beers and he was sort of standing there and we had, I ended up in his orbit and we were kind of talking I was like maybe 15 mm. or something like that mm. I was maybe 15 and then he was like an old hard footy bloke too you know like mm. he was a kind of now knowing it now i didn't know then mm. essentially like yeah, I, didn't, okay. didn't, I didn't have the full awareness of like what a real man was yeah, at yeah. this point you know <laughs> so i can't even remember what i've said but i've like lipped up and said some fucking dumb kid shit and he literally looked at me and he took a sip and he just fucking elbowed me <laughs> in the face bro <laughs> in the grandstands of a fucking Holy junior shit. footy game that's so rugby league and bro so rugby league. i just fucking copped it yeah i just wiped the blood off my face like my lip was bleeding my nose was bleeding and i just wiped my thing and i was like alright <laughs> I, I guess that's the way it is and I just fucking turned my shoulder a little bit so I didn't have to look at him and bro I was fucking crushed <laughs> like, I tried to play it all cool and I I was like too scared to tell my old man because he would have fucking gone yeah, like it would have just been on yeah. you know because I was a kid mm. I deserved it yeah and, I, was, and I guess it was funny like even at that age you kind of oh I kind of deserve that oh you know, dude you know I know what I'm knew bro even I at that age instantly yeah. I was like <sighs> yeah okay fair, <laughs> fair, fair cool. and that's what that was like um, that was like man shit mm, you know like yeah, yeah. and I'd been in dude we were the we were the most it was so funny because I was the only white kid on the team mm. I could literally the boys would say to me like first scrum just fucking start throwing punches <laughs> like just get in there and just start and I'd be like yeah okay boys no worries I was yeah. like you younger than everyone yeah, yeah so we'd get in like a bunch of like those boys just loved it I Love think half strap. of them loved to be able to go to the footy on the weekend and, and just get into a fight yeah. <laughs> and the good thing about footy fights is like mostly no one's getting knocked out nah, like you do nah. see it sometimes yeah but they're so scuffly and rough that like it's you know and there's bruising. people there and, yeah. yeah but this this was like actually real this was like getting hit by a man just fucking it, it felt like in cold blood <laughs> and i just i was fucking rattled bro eh? like it was Mate. out of control but that taught me taught a, you a massive lesson very very valuable Mate, lesson you know what a valuable lesson about like it literally broke my heart once i had one good friend in year 12 like anyway so like i don't know like i was talking to another bloke 
And, and so, so his name was Lincoln. And so I was talking to another guy and I don't know, we were talking about like athletic ability or something. Anyway, so all I said was like, oh, Lincoln, he's lanky, so he's not that fast. Anyway, got back to him that I'd called him lanky and he like <laughs> pulled me up on it. And I was like, and he was filthy at me. So I'd lost my only friend. Yeah. It broke my heart. And I was from that moment, I was like, you know what? I'm never talking shit about, <laughs> yeah. even though it's like lanky, fuck me, Jesus yeah. Christ, bro. I'm never talking shit about one of my best mates ever again because yeah. I never want to feel the the dog portrayal of him being angry at me for something that I'd done. Yeah. Dude, that would have hurt, bro. <laughs> it stung so bad, bro. And I, like, I was like lost for words because I couldn't deny it. But it's, I was like, and he's like fucking, he was filthy though. I mean, he wasn't that good of an athlete, if I'm being honest. He was lanky and he, he was, was lanky. fucking useless. <laughs> like, no, I, think, I think in this circumstance, you should have stuck up for yourself. <laughs> well, so let's have a race, mate. Yeah, if you yeah. can beat me, you're not lanky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, that, that, there was some hard lessons to learn in that era. Like that yeah. guy could not do that to me now and it'd be okay like, could you imagine bro he'd a dude jail. just straight and he was fucking probably drunk yeah <laughs> like, he'd, be, he'd be on the news probably like yeah. you know coach elbows fucking yeah young young next big thing <laughs> yeah next superstar next, <laughs> next superstar, superstar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but it was funny though because i knew in my heart that i deserved it yeah and i also knew it was it was a that was actually a crazy day of like understanding the real world in a sense because I also knew not to rat and tell my dad. Yeah. Because then I knew that would cause consequences for this guy. Yeah. And I deserved it. Mm. So it was like a very humbling, yeah. leveling experience. Yeah. And I learned a few things too. Like keep your fucking mouth shut as well because you fucking earned that. Yeah. And there's certain blokes that are willing to take it across that line real quick. Yeah. Whereas like a lot of people, they'll talk about it, but they aren't willing to take that step. Yeah. Like for, I mean, even me, like I was, I was brought up with like, you never throw the first punch yeah. ever. Ever. My dad told me the exact opposite, man. That's, what I was about. That's <laughs> so exactly weird. what I was about to say. Yeah. But there are some people out there yeah. that are yeah. taught you always throw first because yeah. that's how you win. Yeah. And so th- that's two polar opposites. So I'm sitting here thinking, you know, I'm not throwing until the death. You're thinking, if I'm out of here. Yeah. As soon as this kicks off, I'm starting to throw. So, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and, and if you're not aware of that environment, yeah. it, it's, it's, I always liken it to like when they ban punching in the NRL. Yeah. It made it actually a bit bizarre because... I can't stand that, to be honest. There was still some people that were willing to cross that line. Yeah. But 90% of the players thought... Wouldn't do it. I'm never getting in a fight again because we're not allowed to punch. Yeah. So it actually made it more dangerous for some players because the one guy that was ready to kick off at any fucking second, I mean, you look at the Gal and the Nate Miles situation that end up banning it. Yeah. Gal, uh, Nate Miles obviously wasn't ready to fight. Yeah. You look at um, Curtis Scott and Dylan Walker, like, you know, this is for big footy fans. And also what it did was it it took away the power of you have little niggly players. If they go around niggling everyone. Yeah, like the two Vs and the... Talking shit, you know, giving you like putting you in uh, uncomfortable positions, all that kind of stuff. Back in the day, they had to be aware that if they did that, yeah. Gordon Tallis might grab the front of your jersey and before you know it, you're in a fucking washing machine. (laughs) Before you know it in the washing machine getting absolutely fed. Whereas now... There is no punishment. Nah, yeah, yeah. Niggly as as you want. And so the power dynamic of the big fellas, they're almost at a disadvantage now because you've got little hookers that can do anything. Wrap their head. Yeah. Push their heads. All that kind of stuff. And they can't do anything. Zero consequences. Yeah. Yeah, that that honestly was a big turning point in me. I don't know whether this sounds lame to say, but Mm. that was a big turning point in me like not really giving a fuck about footy anymore. 
Oh, really? And it wasn't because of the... Dude, I bled footy. Like, bef- when we grew up, I, st- I played from under sixes to under 16s. Yeah. And I was at training two to three times a week. Like, we were, we were fucking in the, the footy thing. So, it's not like I was a casual fan. Like, yeah. there was a time where I was invested. Mm. And it just got so fucking hard to watch, man. Yeah, Like, really. it got... For me, it got so hard to watch that sort of shit where there was, like, no consequences for the the players that would have not done that you know yeah. and, and there was like people didn't have to people didn't have to walk the walk they could just talk the talk absolutely and then it it sort of spills over i, th- I just think it kind of like spills over into the whole game it mm. spills over into holding players down in tackles and it like mm. i don't know to me it, it seemed like it become a a pretty kind of big deal through the game and then i think the referees got very very involved in the game as well because there was no other way of adjudicating in in a sense like it had to be the whistle was like the only way that things got handled because it used to be the players that would would take care of it well there was some stuff that the ref would take care of but then there was other stuff that like the players would take care of and then it become like you said that when everyone's got a nuclear bomb no one wants to use them yeah and then you take the bombs away like you take the power power away of like a gordon talus or mm. then all of a sudden like you said you've just changed the entire like power dynamic yeah absolutely and i mean you even saw it a step even further like it's uh, look i understand nrl and, i get the other side of it yeah too. Yeah. I, yeah i get it. like rugby league in the nrl you know they got sponsors and you know all that stuff so just know that we, we understand that side of things but I do think that, for example, when they try to crack down on their head highs, look, I'm an ex-player, so I've probably got brain trauma. Not probably, I do. Yeah. Um, anyone that's played well, NRL... Well, this side of your face is kind of... <laughs> yeah, okay. But anyone that's played NRL has had concussions. Yeah, yeah. And if you've had concussions, you've most likely got CTE. Now, obviously, there is different levels of it. Some is it's really spectrum, bad. Yeah. Some is just really... You're not even going to notice it. You, you, you won't, even, won't even bother you. Um, so this is coming from a place of like, of course I don't want players getting head high. I didn't want to get head high. I'm not sitting here going, oh, how good is it this bloke took his head off? But I do think that they've got to find a balance between the players know what they're getting into. It's a different story. Like when the NFL first, the whole drama with the NFL first happened, the concern wasn't the fact that they were playing and getting head knocks. The concern was that they had information about brain trauma mm. that they were allegedly didn't pass on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas... The NRL, to my understanding, has always passed on all that information. And so I kind of feel like if you're a player, you have to acknowledge, and I think players do, they understand that they may have that long-term damage. Yeah. Um, and so we have to find a balance between, look at rugby union, for example. You can't even put, like tackle above the, the pet yeah, pretty much. Yeah. You don't want to take away the extreme excitement of rugby league. You look at the UFC what is that it's the most exciting sport in the world why because it's a, it is there's rules and anyone that thinks there isn't rules just doesn't know how they don't watch it yeah, yeah how intricate the rules are yeah but it is so brutal and so violent at the end of the day like that's what people want to watch yeah it, it's we can pretend to pearl clutch and we can pretend to sit there and go oh this isn't good that is, i never put my kid in this never put my kid in that but you'll still watch it yeah it's still entertaining there's something primal about the physicality of the whole thing and so we have to strike a balance between 100 percent taking care of the players like there's no like absolutely i agree with all the protocols if you get knocked out cold you shouldn't be back for at least another week or two yeah i think even two weeks but sh- shots that like glance up off shoulders and just hit the, you know that kind of stuff yeah we have to accept it in the game i think and accept that like 
the concern I have as well with like, you don't ever want to get to a point. I feel like sometimes the world is moving towards like no sport as in yeah, 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 no yeah. risk, yeah, yeah. never get hurt. Yeah. All we do is live in this like zombified bubble of just just a flat line. Yeah. There's no ups, there's no downs, there's no damage. Yeah. You never have to feel like there's so many there's so many people I feel like now not so many people, like like there are some people that I've met that like genuinely never want to feel bad again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That gets sold. That gets sold to you in a weird yeah, way. Like you've always got to be happy. You've always got to be happy. You've always got to be married. You've got to, be, or you've got to be married at this age. Yeah. You've got to have kids at this age. You've got to have this kind of job. You got. We've been sold the biggest crock of shit. Oh, like, no. the, hey, guess what? The reality is, is that there's this fucking universe that's outside of this tiny little fucking body that you've got mm. and it's like pushing and pulling in all different directions mm. like you're in an absolute fuck fest of inputs and outputs and yeah. you know it's like there's no how do you control the flow so that's all feels good yeah all the time it's and craziness. and then like expect that you should be happy or that things shouldn't be <clears throat> be hard like even i think even that's a thing where like people just people think it's not even that they want to be happy i think they, they want things to be like easy like frictionless yeah just just everything to move in the way that they want it to and it's it's kind of like like for example i feel like there's this big mantra now of like don't give a fuck it's cool to not care yeah 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 like the less you care the cooler you are <laughs> and i it blows my mind because i'm like look at all the great men in, men and women in history what do they all have in common they were like cared fucking heaps they'd have down days they'd care you know what i mean they yeah, were passionate yeah, about yeah. what they did and so like when people say oh you know just don't give a fuck i'm like uh i give a fuck like <laughs> it fucking matters to me <laughs> yeah, yeah. i care about rugby league i care about yeah. you know my podcast i care about my family like this whole idea of like yeah fuck who gives a shit nothing matters it's like all right bro we'll fucking just end it then like who gives, <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. what i mean if nothing matters uh, go yeah. the whole way bro like what obviously that's a joke but you know <laughs> yeah, what i'm saying yeah, like this attitude of like just be carefree and nothing matters like obviously you've got to balance stress and all that kind of stuff but i think that like some of the best art some of the best things ever created have come out of pain and suffering oh, dude like it, it like it's just bizarre to me this whole mantra of like just don't care yeah just don't care it's funny so uh again a shout out to the podcast you did with benny hannett last mm. night but he, he was talking about when he run won the grand final I can't remember whether it was at the Bronx or the Cows, but mm. it was one of the um, one of those titles that he won. Yeah, and he was saying that like the feeling of relief. It wasn't even like excitement or <laughs> happiness. It was relief, mm. dude. I don't know what the fucking deal is. I've thought about it for years and years and years, but I completely agree. Mm. We don't give a fuck about the moment. Mm. Like you never care. You cross the finish line of a Supercross race. And it takes 0.001 second to like cross that beacon yep. that says that you won this that beacon? race. <laughs> <laughs> point, this is 0. 0.05, bro. <laughs> that was a cheap shot. I'm sorry. <laughs> I did, sir. Uh, but you cross that that beacon, right? And it takes 0. Yeah, 0.00. Every time you 0, say the word yeah, beacon. I was, like, I was like, do I say it again just to prove <laughs> that I didn't mean it? <laughs> that I didn't mean it. <laughs> <laughs> you cross that finish line yeah, yeah, you cross yeah. that checkered flag <laughs> but it's such a small amount of time mm. and then the feeling of and like i got to see this firsthand at the races like i would i would film the race and i'd, I'd film the lead up to the race 
and then I'd film the racing and then I'd be there on the podium and then we'd drive back in the rental car and then we'd all get dinner mm. and then we'd be back at the hotel room yeah. and it's over. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. That feeling, you might've won the championship. You might've won your first race. Guess what, bro? You're still you <laughs> yep. two hours later and that feeling's passed. Yeah. But what stays is relief. Yeah. What that's the thing that has like this lingering effect. That's like a thing that I I feel like you can enjoy. Mm. And the bigger the challenge, the the more the the higher the summit. You mm. know, like the gnarlier the grind. The bigger the, the beak. The bigger the beak. <laughs> <laughs> the, how how the the relationship between like how hard it was mm. is then on the flip side like the amount of relief that you feel mm. and the the amount that you can like enjoy that so if you strip all of the hard things away from your life and if you remove the down days and if you remove the friction and if you remove the grind what are you left with you know like what what where's the sense of relief come from honestly like that's where i like feel that we're heading towards like we're so zombified by the netflix and like put it like i i love netflix i love consuming content so i'm not holier than thou. like i'm as guilty as anyone else but think about the amount of hours of content the normal person consumes compared to 20 years ago yeah like most so when you used to work you you could almost go oh i'm at work you know from nine till five but like what did you really have to go home to like in the sense of okay you get home you might see your wife but then like you're not really doing that much. You might have one show on Channel 9 or something that yeah, you watch. Yeah. Whereas like now, it's almost like you've got everything to get home to. Like yeah. the world of the internet of content to consume. And so you just get home and you just consume, consume, consume. And like I'm not one for like the whole hustle culture and that carry on. Like I actually really dislike it. I actually think a lot of that whole entrepreneur stuff is actually just another form of escapism. And people just use it bro 100% as a way to go oh man my life could actually be like that like and live vicariously through yeah. these like four or five guys yeah. that talk like man you got to work 70 hours a week rah rah and like you know I'm sure there are gems of advice in it but the whole culture around it is like almost like they're. it's like playing a video game I sit down for five hours to play the video game to escape reality and enjoy the world that I'm in. Yeah. And I feel like the same with entrepreneurship with, with the culture around it not the actual the, the, the doing of the entrepreneurship um and so like I get concerned with like all this content, we're almost like we're already in the future, we just don't realise it yet. Yeah, I oh, dude, for sure. Because it's happened so slowly. Like it's happened so progressive that each year or each day things get more like handed. Like we've got a phone that connects us to every bit of information in the world. Like that's like telepa- te- uh, telepathy. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. literally got like I could I could stick it there. Like if I stuck that there and made it part of my arm, you would think <laughs> That guy's from the fucking future. Like, there's a futuristic <laughs> android or whatever. Yeah. But it's with us anyway um, yeah. all the time. Yeah. So it's yeah. basically that. Yeah. And then you look at, like, we're already in the future in the sense that we sit there and watch incredibly famous people on Twitch for hours on end consume content. Like, that would have been in a futuristic music movie 15 years ago and yeah. would have been going, bro, that's fucked. Like, Heavy. Everything's so commodified. Yeah. So, like, the, the concern with the 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 content and the the initial point is like we're already kind of there but we don't realize it and it's almost too late to realize that we're being not intentionally zombified it's our own fault because we choose to that's what i wonder because i think about this quite a lot man Mm. because i'm i'm the guy that is sitting in this chair every day making 
content for the internet that literally gets millions of views a month. Mm. And then, but what I'm doing is I'm telling people about like, go and live your life. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like all this, like go to do this, go mm. do that, like these experiences. And it's like, I, I wonder, like, I actually wonder where does that actually sit in this ecosystem yeah. of like, are you just a part of the problem? Are you, obviously you see the good that it does, but I do wonder about that yeah, sometimes, sure. like, you know. Where do you, do you land as a part of the problem? Or yeah, do like you land how, outside of it? how much of a part yeah. of the problem am, am I, you mm. know? And I'm so cognizant in my life of how much screen time that I have. And, you know, and I know that the more productive I am in my life is when I'm looking the least at, at my phone, you know? Yeah. And then I'm, dude, I did, I did two years without watching one single movie or show. Really? Straight, just clipped everything from the program. I watched YouTube. Yep. Um, but yeah, literally two years, bro. Wow. And man, I, I went and watched him. What did I watch? What did I break my fucking, uh, sobriety? <laughs> <The movie laughs> sobriety, sobriety. Yeah. But I remember like, I remember sitting in the movie theater and like, it was fucking overwhelming. Oh really? This like the it was sensory epic, bro. Yeah, like, wow. Have you it... seen the new Avatar? Nah, is it worth it? It is. You got to see it in a cinema, bro. Really? It is. When you talk about sensory overload, it is like you're sitting there going, "I'm in the future." Really? It's fucking amazing. Have you seen it, bro? No. Seen it, Griff? Why not? Trust me. It's not your thing. Like it's it's an, it's not a movie. It's an experience. Like the storyline. It's okay. That's sort of what's. Fucked, yeah, fucking me look, on it, you know. It's okay. Do I just have to? Don't worry about that. Put some AirPods in. It's no. like it's like yeah. <laughs> listen, listen to a podcast. Yeah, listen to a podcast. <laughs> or watching a movie whilst you got your laptop out and your phone. Yeah. Um, it's like imagine it's like a theme park ride. Yeah, yeah. Treat it like that. Okay. I promise you, bro. It'll fucking blow your mind. Yeah. It's just. Yeah. But think about that though. The think about the physiology mm. of like what your experiencing there, and so there's another weird thing with movies, right? And content, and this is another. This is another thing I kind of like found in the two years of like not doing it. Mm-hmm. And dude, like when I was in America, I was doing the action sports thing, and I was. But I wanted to be like a movie director. Like, oh really? That, oh, that's why I wow, went there. Okay. I watched like so many movies. I was doing like short film. I was like fully on the hustle of like trying to be a fucking. Like, were you artsy? Trying. Were you like doing I was weird trying. shit? Yeah, I was trying. Like painting with your blood and like shitting on paint. Mostly cum. <laughs> I mean that's a that's a good start. But I mean no one Baby ever steps. saw it and it just went on like <laughs> tissue paper and then I just <laughs> uh, but but yeah, so there was a point where I was like into it. So it's not like I like wasn't into movies. Yeah. I was definitely into movies. But I just took that time off. I was like, I'm just gonna focus on my business. I'm mm. just gonna like I basically made YouTube clips and Instagram videos for two years yeah. and didn't do anything else. <laughs> and uh You're like in a basement just like leg- pumping out clips. Bro legit. Oh, it was fucked. Like I I had a I had a roommate, I love him, Jacko, and uh he would just laugh at me. I I'd like all I did was I'd get up in the morning and I would read I'd come into work and then I'd come home and I I'd, thought you were going to say I come yeah and then- <laughs> come and come and come and come I was chasing that record <laughs> but then I'd like go to jiu-jitsu and then I'd come home and edit clips and yeah. on the weekend I'd fucking edit yeah but in the in that period of not watching shit and then you you start to like go and watch a movie or whatever mm. there was like such an overload of like sensory overload when you don't do it for so long mm. like man i like felt everything really? and i was like wow. emotional and like i had tears in my eyes and like fucking, fucking hell. dude it was like he- oh what what movie fuck it was about what was her name oh uh, one of the um 
the African-American first singers, like, and there was a crazy movie that came out. She got, like, the cops planted heroin on her and shit. I can't fucking remember. Not like, oh, obviously not Whitney Houston. Um, nah. Uh, Hudson, no. Nah. Anyway. It, it was it was way, way back to that. But anyway, yeah. but I, I remember, like, I just felt everything. I was like, had tears in my yeah. eyes. Like, it was a full-on experience. Mm. And then as, as I started, I'd, like, watch a show here or there. There's something that's crazy about being able to have a human interaction and it be like on this screen right and you're staring into a person's eyes mm. and like right now i'm like looking into your eyes <laughs> but i'm on the other side of it yeah like i'm on the other side of your gaze yeah. so you can see what i'm doing you <laughs> yeah, can yeah, like yeah. you can read what i'm doing and so i have to read you you have to read me like mm. we're in this thing together right yeah so like the things that I do will impact like how you think and feel and yep. and whatever and then we're constantly reading those those things. Mm. When you go to the cinema, you get to like sit there and just be completely unimplicated. Yeah. By that other person's gaze like and you just it's so it's so voyeuristic in a way that because we've all watched TV our whole life. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't think people have ever really stopped to think about like if let's say that that cinema was like taken away instantly and then the person that was on the that you thought was on the movie theater was looking back at you mm. fuck you'd feel weird that's so true like it's it so would true. be such like a crazy weird feeling to go from like unimplicated yeah. to implicated to, do you, you're you almost you don't exist to them and they don't exist to you to existing in each other's world yeah and impacting the environment around you yeah i mean yeah it goes back to like the it's it's almost when you see something on TV and then you see the person in real life or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And like, on the t- they're so much larger than life when you see them in a movie, on even on a screen. Like, on yeah. your, you see, you, let's say you, your favorite content that you watch on your phone. I even feel like when you see the person in real life, there's it's almost this harsh reality to, oh, that's just a person. Yeah, and it's, yeah. you know, it's not coming from a place of like, oh, they're just a person. They're just actually like a loser. Yeah. yeah, it's not that at all. But it's, it's weird. It's a weird interaction. They're in your yeah, space yeah. now. Yeah. Whereas you're right, like when you're not in each other's space, but our monkey brains of hundreds of thousands of years have only experienced being in each other's space. Yeah. So you're sitting there. It's even like when you when someone leaves a negative comment on your Instagram. When you really think about it, you're going, this guy is just a fucking random. Like, he I, does not exist. He doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. But because my monkey brain is thinking someone just said that to me, that is within my vicinity. Yeah. Because it's only, it doesn't. my monkey brain doesn't know about the yeah. you know, technology or whatever. It gets me angry. You still feel the feeling. Yeah. Whereas if someone said like, like it got back to me 10 years later, oh, this random dude said that your podcast was shit. I'd be like, cool bro like you know or whatever because it's there in front of me you know i and so you're totally right about that like in your environment it's just a different it's like a different even um plane yeah 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 and then and then you get to you can like analyze and you've got all this time to analyze and internalize and like think about how it reflects on your own personal experience and like because you don't have any required action yeah so that you know so you can just sit and soak it in and it's like you can think about yourself it's and almost what like, it's say. almost a selfish act it's bizarre you man. know what i mean like, because you're getting you all you're doing is sitting there going everything that's happening on screen is for me yeah yeah and and also on top of that i don't have to do nothing for it yeah and and you're unimplicated yeah and there's no there's no uh there's no effort that it's it's completely like voyeuristic yeah and 
and I think, and yeah, I mean, I think about all the time, but like, why do we love content? Yeah. You know, like, because like it was a joke we were making at the start, like, oh yeah, do it for content or yeah, whatever. Like, but, shut up, don't, don't say that because that's great for the potty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we are fucking obsessed with, the, and I, I still haven't figured it out. It's mm. like exactly what, what is that pointing to? Like, mm. what's the tip of that? spear and i i don't even know that collectively we know what it is yeah i mean is it like because the test of time of stories or something you know like is it is it being able to watch something and being able to take it away from it like uh, for example i guess the oldest version of it would be sitting around a campfire Campfire, yeah yeah just telling a story yeah yeah is does it go all the way as deep as that and we're just visually showing it now rather than verbally describing the story and that's what's like to to wrap it all up and bring it all together like that's what a podcast is it's like around it's around the campfire yeah and so when people kind of like oh our podcasts are here are they going to stay and i was like guys podcasts are the oldest form of content in the world i completely agree in the newest form of technology which is the internet yeah it is literally storytelling that's it yeah that's it's the and you'll never run out of stories to tell people always want to hear them and I wonder, it must be, is it the escapism maybe? You know, you, you, you escape into that story. I'm not sure. It's, it's so bizarre. So bizarre. It's funny that you say that. Like, I've always drawn the same analogy to the mm. campfire. And yeah. like growing up in Cairns, like that was what we did. Like we just went, went camping. Like we always went in up yeah. bush, Cape York. And that's like my earliest memories is of a campfire. And that's literally what this is, you know. Mm. And, and you got like the two dudes that are telling the story, and everyone around the campfire is listening. But mm. in this case, it's just hundreds of thousands of people. You that know, you just what don't I, know. I will say is like telling a yarn. There's just only few that can do it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. When you hear someone that can't tell a yarn try to tell a yarn, oh. it's fucking painful. And I'll be honest, I think most people can't just like i can't draw for shit i can't sing for shit you know what i mean like there's stuff that i can't do there's stuff that i can't do but i always wonder as well as like is there some kind of genetic trait that is passed on that makes you because like storytellers have been the core of tribes for who did you have in your life when you were a kid that was a good storyteller well my dad worked all the time i never really you know like especially early on so i didn't see him that much I read a bit, I guess. Not not okay, heaps, though. Okay. Not heaps. Like, I, I, I'm a big fiction fan. Like, I don't really read um, nonfiction. Yeah. I mean, I'll probably pass. Like, so my brother was reading a lot, and then so I started to read. Not a lot, but I mean, I read Do you read much books. now? Yeah, every night, but, like, just little snippets. And I'm, I'm actually just rereading a book I've read fucking a million times. Yeah. The Farseer yeah. Trilogy, it's like a... What is it? It's called the Farseer Trilogy. It's like a, a fictional... Um, yeah, it's like fictional. It's like medieval to a degree. I like all that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like, is there a, like a genetic? Like, for example, the oldest culture in the world is indigenous culture. Yeah, and they literally used to pass down their culture through stories. Through stories. Yeah, and so there has there's got to be some connection. I don't know what it is. I'm not I'm not intelligent enough to find that. Yeah, but the oldest culture in the world was an oral tradition. Not books and rah rah. It was stories, metaphors around the, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's just, it you know, if someone says, "Oh, he's a good storyteller," it's like, "Oh, she's a good story." It's like, "Oh, whatever." But when you actually think about it, you're like, the power in that is almost infinite. Oh, it's actually scary. Yeah. Like Hitler was a good storyteller, which is fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. Trump, good storyteller. Yeah, and it and like it's you know the power of being able to sway people with your words yeah. is almost, you know, they always say the pen's mightier than the sword, but it kind of is. Yeah. 
Like it kind of is. I think about it all the time with the the sport in Supercross. Like it's inadvertently, like it wasn't I'm not something I ever thought would happen or like necessarily like wanted to happen. And at times, I feel conflicted about it. Mm. But like we can talk about stuff on the podcast, or like I'll have a big name guy come on the show mm. and he'll talk about some shit and then it changes things mm. like th- and you'd have it too i'm mm. sure with mm. with what you've done and you you see like i'm no like 10 years ago i was just like trolling after parties <laughs> making out with fucking random just picking up like, crumbs <laughs> you know what i mean like and now i'm over here doing this mm. and it's like the words that you say can literally like start things that lead into you know into action and, and granted it's been like positive you know like i feel like lucky in the sense that intentions are always good yeah uh but yeah like the power that you can have in controlling the narrative and the power that it's given players oh, and races and yeah. drivers to to control their own narrative mm. and to to go like whoa 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 hang on a second yeah like, this is what happened <laughs> yeah. and if you give me an hour i'll fucking tell you exactly what the deal is yeah, yeah. and then take you take your shit from this like yeah. me actually saying mm. change the game dude yeah and and you think about as well like the being independent media mm. like that's never been really a, a thing man yeah. like i mean it's been a thing but it's always been swallowed by the the Mur- murdochs of the yeah. world and the cnns and the mm. and then you get like these fucking like a rogan or a jordan peterson or a, like, you know i think that like you could argue rogan has more power than cnn Oh, he, like easily he does. You know, like which easily. Is, and like, that that's just incredible. Like that's, it's almost mind blowing. It doesn't seem real. Um, and again, it all, all the power of a story. What's interesting as well about podcasts is that like, when you actually look at the, the research that's been done, the advertising dollars that are still in old media, it's like 5% in podcasts, if that. Dude, that is what's crazy. You know, so when that shifts... When 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 um and look, it'll take longer than expected because they're all in each other's pockets. You know, the ad agencies, the head of the the big networks, like they're yeah. all. It's all, you know, you do this for me, you do that for me. But it is slowly changing. When that changes, and you see even twenty percent, like twenty, imagine fifty. Let's say fifty percent comes to new media, like it'll almost be a seismic shift in the world because. Yeah. And it seems dramatic. It seems dramatic. But imagine... No, it's it's bang on. Imagine how many more Joe Rogans... And again, this is coming from a guy that disagrees with a, a lot of the new stuff that he says. And everyone's entitled to their opinion. I don't dislike him for it. I just personally disagree with it. So I'm not some Joe Rogan fanboy anymore. Like, I, I respect incredibly what he did. Um, but imagine a hundred more of them because of the resources that have been turned into podcasting yeah. that they don't have to necessarily be exactly like Joe Rogan. What I mean is the impact that he has. Yeah. And all of a sudden you've got a system where people are, I mean, it's a double-edged sword because you can create echo chambers, yeah. you know, because it's people that only tune into what they want to tune into. But at the same time, it almost makes it... It's ta- more democratic. Exactly. It can take, it takes the power away from one person being going, yeah. not one person, but like... A group of Four people organizations or a, yeah, yeah, going, yeah. this is the narrative that we're going to be pushing right now. Like the amount of stuff, and I don't want to get into it, like left or right or you know yeah i don't get into any of that stuff but the amount of stuff that you would be shocked at how many issues we don't have but they just get politicized yeah yeah. so yeah. you're being told constantly there's a problem because the whole setup is this 
I tell you there's a problem, guess who can fix it? Both yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, that is the power of the huge organizations. They can do that. Now, I'm not sitting here saying that, like, you know, tinfoil heart, this is happening all the time. But I'm sure there are agendas from people in power saying, yeah. this is our messaging for this party. You know, can you push this, this, and this, or whatever? Yeah. Um, and, and some of it may be real issues, and some of it may not be. Some may yeah. be semi-issues or whatever. And so the power of, like, independent media is, is that, it, it, it decentralizes that power. Yeah. And again, if we could find a way to not make everyone go into bubbles, because yeah. then it gets even more divisive, then it's the power back to the people because it's your tuning into what you believe is true and has integrity kind of thing. Yeah, and then there's always, like capitalism is built, this is kind of, it's funny, like it's probably a, a, a much bigger conversation, but like we just started our own membership website. Mm. So it's like eleven ninety nine a month or you can do like an annual thing and you get early access to the pod. You get some like, it's it's benefits, but the podcast is all still free. Yeah. Like, so there's no, there's no, there's no podcast that you can't access, right? Yeah. But I just, I believe that the, the ad model's broken. You know, mm. like I just, I don't think that the internet survives on ads forever like and if you go back through the history of the internet then you see why it was like this like initially people banks would not let payments be processed online Mm. that was it yeah so you had these websites that were getting millions and millions of page views and they but they couldn't sell anything Mm. so they had millions of people access to this they couldn't access those people on the internet to sell so what did they do they then sold the eyeballs to advertisers. So this whole this whole model that we're in of like ads and marketing agencies and them spending money on the networks and all of this, it wasn't some like grand conspiracy fucking thing where like these guys wanted to stay with these. Yeah. It's literally just like how the internet was built as a thing that was very new only, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. And so we've just kind of like headed off in this direction. Google came through and figured out the ad thing Mm. and now all of our businesses revolve around ads you know and then you get a guy like uh Mm. before rogan and before these like influential people there's no competition in that marketplace Mm. like there wasn't even competition for those uh you know like the big ad dollars that were going to the the huge networks you know so like you get a guy like that and these other podcasts that that pop up and now you've actually got some competition in the marketplace. Yeah. But I think, I just think ultimately everything leads away from from ads essentially because it was just, it was the first model. It's mm. the, the early way that they could monetize the internet. But it just, it, oh man, I could go on forever about it, but like it creates, you have to do a certain amount of content. Mm. You have to post on a certain schedule. You have to do X, Y, and Z. It's very formulaic. Like mm. modern creativity is held at ransom to an advertising model yeah essentially you know mm. and then for for us like i got to the point where i was like man i actually want to spend a lot more time being a content company than a fucking ad agency yeah you know i just mm. literally felt and again we got we got great sponsors and like the partners that i i have got are awesome but like we just don't have a lot because mm. i don't find that many people that i'm like super down to yeah put that time and energy kind of mm. into you know yeah so i think that there's a 
you get a guy like that that comes along like it is like a seismic shift and i feel like it's happened mm. but the full like the tidal wave like the repercussions of it yeah. haven't kind of hit us yet but i think it all just points to like we're just going away from like an yeah. advertiser model yeah yeah look because you know back in the day as well like subscribing to something for five dollars it was almost a bit of a punish like you know yeah. you got to get all these checks and balances but as it becomes you know more secure and everything like you might have 20 different subscriptions that are a dollar each or something a yeah. month um and so i i agree with you i think like the subscription model as in or patreon or, or whatever you want to call it like i think that's almost the purest form of content that you could probably do because yeah. you are still beholden to an audience so there's no there's always going to be a bias to lean towards what pays people you financially want to sit, yeah um to a degree but at least it's the people that support the exactly, show instead exactly. of people that are trying to like sell a product i guess exactly and so like it's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy of like well if you are biased towards that community you're going to create com- content that community enjoys so yeah. it kind of helps and so i i in a perfect world like i really think that would be the best way forward for everyone is like just a subscription so that you know the content creators can live because like that's the double-edged sword of the the internet is like you know the amount of content you get for free and yeah. the amount of hours that go into it like for there might be a video that gets put up it has thirty thousand views now that gets no money on youtube like literally zero yeah, dollars and yet there's at least let's say thirty thousand views there's at least fifteen thousand unique people that probably watch the whole thing yeah like that's fifteen thousand people that's that an arena got an hour maybe lot like for my podcast on mondays four hours and they do or don't have to pay for it yeah you know and so i'm i'm not of the mind of like you should be paying for everybody content not at all i like, still think the I free like, content's a great it's thing great. Yeah. it's great it's yeah. great because it gives you opportunity to get the loyal audience then the loyal or most people are pretty uh, not my well a lot of people are quite um they understand the situation where yeah. like for example if you say guys like you know, if you're just honest with them, like, oh, guys, like, I'm going a subscription. Um, you'll still get the podcast, but, you know, I'd really appreciate it. If you enjoy hours of content a, a week, I'd really appreciate it if you would subscribe. A lot of people will go, you know what? It's actually fair that I subscribe yeah. because I do get so much enjoyment out of it. And when you get to that, that's like, in my opinion, the essence of capitalism where yeah, yeah. there's this fair trade that, yeah. that's what it started as yeah i got yeah, apples yeah, yeah you got a pair of shoes i need the shoes you need the apples whereas it's gotten a bit poisoned not a bit a lot poisoned where you know i've got shoes your i like, got shoes that cost three cents to make and yeah. because i'm telling you that they're your fucking legs, amazing your feet are about to fall off or some shit yeah you've got your whole house behind you yeah so you've got to choose between your house and your feet yeah yeah yeah. you know what i'm saying (laughs) that's where it's kind of gotten to (laughs) yeah whereas the perfect version is is both parties go man it it was it it was honestly they didn't even give anything away yeah it was just a trade yeah yeah and and that i think is like long term i hope i mean it's very glass half full thing and optimistic all that kind of stuff no but i I mean we've we've seen that like it's we we didn't have like a a crate it's not like our entire audience was just like yes yeah but all this cash yeah yeah (laughs) but people have slowly that and like we put up a a podcast like i think i think the thing is like if you really if you're like a gnarly dude that like listens to every single show the day it comes out then Mm. this is for you yeah because you just literally get it like the next day as opposed to having to wait like weeks you know mm. and the people that have joined they i've sent everyone an email saying thanks and yep. and the people are just like hey i've enjoyed this for a really long time and i'm like i'm super pumped to support you and it's like 
thanks that's awesome i appreciate that that's what we're doing it for that's why it's here now Mm -hmm. we can be in contact you know like it's uh it's for the people that want it it's there Mm. and if you're a person that wants to listen to it for free it's still there and then i got sponsors on those podcasts because i need some compensation for the freeness of the thing (laughs) yeah the massive freeness (laughs) like it's it's interesting if you actually showed the community like i get you know for example our monday show probably about 60 to 65,000 downloads for the monday show you're looking at about 40 to 50,000 out of that if you were to say like hey guys could you pay a dollar per show you honestly might get 3,000 people that yeah. would pay that dollar yeah. and so th- like it's still tiny percentage of people that are willing to which is yeah. cool I get it I'm a, I'm a content consumer too if I had to pay for everything I consume yeah, yeah. be yeah. fucked but I think a lot of people don't realise how many people are just consuming it for free for free for free um, but I do I do think that portion of like as you said of people that are going are almost like becoming not trained it's a condescending word but like understanding the situation you know what i mean whereas back in the day if you were a company that i consumed content from i just see you as a huge conglomerate yeah yeah and in my head you're fucking me some way like yeah even though that might i'm paying for this somehow somehow i'm paying for this whether it's some million ads or whatever whereas i think more people are getting to the point where they're like understanding oh this is just a dude and his mate you know he's got wages to pay like even if half the people pay he's not some billionaire or whatever (laughs) you know you know what i'm saying yeah so i think that people are coming a bit more literate and trustworthy of the the businesses that they're engaging with and and i think there's a bit of it too to your point before about understanding that you're getting fed a narrative from like big media (laughs) and you know and so i think people are I think the subscription model is going to work. And I, we might be five years early. We mm. might be 10 years. Maybe it doesn't happen. But in my mind, I just, I think it's the way um, that it's going. But because you're going to get people that like, they're going to cancel their cable. Yeah. Like people don't want fucking Fox and CNN. And- well, I haven't watched normal TV in years, bro. Yeah. Like the last time I genuinely sat down and watched normal, like mainstream TV, it might be 10 years, bro. Yeah like honestly 10 years like i couldn't there's not a single part of me that wants to sit back and just watch home and away watch home and away or whatever like i mean when i met my wife now and like you know i wasn't anal about it or whatever but i was like i just said to her like this this you brought up TV, anal right when you met her yeah 100 percent. that's how i met her <sighs> that's sick <laughs> fair play <laughs> she's a naughty girl god no, bless no. <laughs> <laughs> no no and so um like i kind of had to not explain because it wasn't condescending yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. but I was like this is making your brain mush yeah yeah like all you're seeing all day on the news is like fire here person dies here the world's gonna like nuclear war is on the radar and this that and don't get me wrong like these bad things are happening but again our monkey brains were not designed do you need to be told this all day every day do you our monkey brains were not to be designed to hear every bit of the world's problems yeah you're only really supposed to know your community's problems yeah and so this overload of like world ending stuff it turns your brain to mush yeah and so eventually like she wasn't like terrible at it or whatever but like eventually she's like you know what i stopped watching tv for a little bit and my mood is just different yeah it's different and so yeah. you know i hear about the things i have to hear about for sure like i'm not yeah you'll hear scene. about the war in russia yeah without exactly. watching the news every fucking day and like oh my god like you know for example if you were to take their word for it like 
Russia were dropping nukes oh, yeah, two it's months over. ago. Yeah, yeah. Like if you were going to listen to what the news was saying, and I'm not sitting here saying that I have any insight into the the Russia-Ukraine war, so I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying from a consumer's if you perspective, took it on face value, yeah. the world ended. Or it was World War Three in February last in, year. Exactly. And that's, again, I'm not trying to take anything away from the Ukrainian people or anything. I don't know like what their heartbreak they're going through. I'm just saying from a media perspective, from a news perspective, yeah. you, you just... You can't afford to. It'll fuck your mind up. Yeah. Imagine being a young kid and you, the 24-hour news has been on since you were like eight years old. You would think the world is literally the worst place in the world. Yeah. Like, worst place in the world. <laughs> the worst, in the universe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, whereas, like, compare that to maybe a young... Let's say another kid where he's being told of all the opportunity in the world or she's yeah, being told yeah, of all the opportunity. Yeah. They're going to have completely different outlooks on life. Yeah. I, I'd be pretty confident saying, and obviously I've got no science to back it up, one would be a pessimist. And one would be an optimist. One would be an optimist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your environment matters, man. It matters massively. Yeah. No, nah, no, nah, I completely agree. Well, mate, I got a black tie to get to. Yes, yes, I know. I have thoroughly enjoyed this podcast, mate. You're a fucking G. Thanks, uh, bro. And yeah, I'm stoked that we finally got to do it. Have a bit of a yarn and... Um, have to do it again, bro. Dude, yeah, I was going to say... Didn't like, we, yeah, didn't, bloke, didn't, we didn't even talk about bloke. We didn't even talk about anything. about anything. Anything with the career. I, I played a bit of footy, bro, if you want to Did know. Yeah. Did <laughs> <laughs> I was going to talk about myself a bit <laughs> <laughs> no we def- definitely need a, a part next two. time I'm up on the Goldie we'll yeah do, when's, your ne- when's your next trip you reckon I reckon probably two to three weeks yeah okay, come back cool. and do something and uh, so bloke in a bar is the podcast bloke beer is uh, fuck we didn't talk about anything bro <laughs> <laughs> like, like I'm going to sound like a dick but I actually have the biggest sports podcast in the country <sighs> I cooked it. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed it was good it. to talk. It was just good to have a, a good old I fashion. I appreciate it. I'll be back man. up. Penny yeah. flow. Penny, because like, man, every time, oh, I'll let you go. Every time I get to the Gold Coast, I'm like, man, I've got to move back up here. Yeah. It's fucking so beautiful. Yeah. No, well, we've enjoyed having you in the studio this week. Um, yeah. Check out, check out the uh, pods that were ripped out of here this week. And uh, yeah, appreciate you coming on. And next time we'll talk about more shit that you do <laughs> <laughs> thanks mate thanks for having me and uh, as I said I'll be back on appreciate it brother boom thanks bro oh, fuck that that went way too quick that went super quick oh. Oh.